listening to the smooth sound of RPGMP3.com. Dungeon on. like to know about steampunk, would you, Jennifer? I suppose I can teach you a thing or two. Yeah. He's subject to much derision from our now dead. You see, he should oh, hello. have gone for him then, shouldn't he? Hello. <laughs> yeah, much, much better qualified than this Afrikaans-speaking thug, but still. Are you talking about the game, or just... Yes, we're talking about the game. We're just going to... Okay. What, well, I do know some Afrikaans-speaking thugs, now you mention it, but <laughs> I don't keep in touch. Diplomatic um, immunity. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, you put a better bit of butter on your knife. <laughs> saying you should have gone for Butteridge, <laughs> not Bates. He's far more qualified. Well, qualified, you know, means different things to different people, really. Um, no, well, Mark turns... seven. Yeah, <laughs> um, Dr. Gutteridge has got a better marksman ability than your lieutenant has. Oh, has he? <laughs> but he, I don't suppose he's got as, as lantern a jaw as my lieutenant. Oh, no, no, probably a glass jaw. Yes. And we know how dangerous glass can be on the moon, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> no, because the only person who's experienced it firsthand is, is dead. Um, are we, we recording? We extra- I don't know. We could extrapolate from the horrendous explosion and double death that glass <laughs> on the moon is dangerous. No, I think we need to do a double blind study with several doctors attacking <laughs> different types of uh, different okay. types of glass. That doesn't, that doesn't tell you anything except it's dangerous to doctors. You need a wider sampling. That's true. And what's more, they they can't know whether they're hitting glass or you'd have to actually blind them to make it a proper double-blind study. Oh, it'd be complicated. Well, surely you'd have to blind them twice for it to be double-blind. Or blind Quite them twice so. as effectively. <laughs> as I understand it, though, I think it just means blind in each eye, probably. Oh, OK. So not like uh, Nick Fury, then? No, he's just blind. Single-blind. Yeah. So what's the point of Avengers being in 3D since Nick Fury's in charge and can't see it? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I, d- I, I don't know. I've not seen it. Has anyone here seen it? I've seen uh, it. We're going, we're going to go and see is it, it tomorrow. Is it brilliant? Go and see it in 2D. Yeah, we're going to see it in 2D. I don't like 3D films. I do think it'd be brilliant, though, if loads of things kept sort of coming towards you out of the screen. There is actually... And it would cut back to uh, Nick Fury just getting bopped on the head all the time. <laughs> there is actually, just didn't see that what? What was there was actually a bit in the thing with... Uh, Tony Stark refers to the fact there's a heads-up display which is meant to be like 3D, and he says, "How does Nick Fury see this?" Well, it's actually something of says, a. She keeps moving a lot. It's something <laughs> of a misconception that a monocular person has no depth perception because your brain picks up on things like um, parallax vision, yeah. parallax um, things, and it. You just know you switched off, and you're still listening. Maybe. <laughs> All I'm saying is, although it's a common trope if you like, and yeah. I'm sick it of hearing the word true, um, it's not meme. actually it's true. Meme's much more interesting, because it's better for puns, you can say things like, this means war. Uh, I could do a trope one, like, um, uh, hang on. Harder though, isn't it? Uh, tro- tropical, tro- 
Get, no, go on, talk amongst yourselves and I'll, I'll come in with you. Generally speaking, Nick, and we've encountered this before, if you, <laughs> you have, have to think about get it. people to go away for a while and talk about something else, you've lost the moment. There's a reason why I'm a part-time writer rather than a part-time stand-up comic. What's the reason? Well, there's many reasons why I'm a writer. <laughs> you should do a few open mic nights. Trope, hang on. Oh, Christ. Pope. I'm sure there's something in the Pope Pope's Quick, area. Him. I think there's something else for God's sake. So are we recording? Yes, I, I, sadly. <laughs> I'll, I'll cut this bit out. But... <laughs> I would hate to think that anybody is missing these absolute gems. Of I'll edit in a, a good... Um, don't a good, edit any. No, don't. No. There's um, a reason why we're called good, um, Warts and All. Tropal fruits. No. Oh, Christ. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, they're Starburst now. So that oh, going back right. next book. There you go. <laughs> oh, it'll be too late by, by the time it <laughs> it's comes. That's true. We've got yeah, 46 I... days left or something. Well, it might not be too late. But lately. it's going very well. Yes. Yeah, over halfway. You. Very good. Mm, yes. You know, obviously I'm waiting in, in, until they print too many and they end up in the remainder's bin. But I, that's, I'm right that's behind obviously, you. I'm yeah. right behind you. <laughs> that's right. Don't worry. I'm, yeah, but I'm, I'm very pleased. It's going well. But we're not here to talk about me. For some reason. <laughs> well, that's because characters don't last long enough to really get involved in the conversation. Trope, tropical. Trope, tropical. Yeah. Come on, this is deadening. It's practically a tropical anaesthetic. No, you see, that oh, doesn't that would, that would be it. No, no, this is why I'm telling you, meme is a much easier meme one to run with. Better, yeah. I just can't trope, trope with it. <laughs> You yeah, can't I don't. Trope with it. That's, the, that's honestly the best. <laughs> it is honestly well. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Um, shall we do a recap? Yes, certainly. Are we, are we just on generic, huge can of non-brand lager there? <laughs> it just doesn't it's, seem to be. It is. Uh, am I allowed? I suppose we're not on the BBC, so I can mention can it. It's not. It's not to. special brew or anything. It's, <laughs> it's, it's San Miguel, and if they wish to send me a massive crate of beer, I'm more than. It'll him. be a miracle. Um, <laughs> well, it never worked for the yogis. I mean, in their earlier shows, they were constantly mentioning what they're eating and drinking. Never got a bean. Although they did quite well with that. Um, they got hamper that was donated. Yeah, they but it did. wasn't donated by Fortnum and Mason, was it? That's no, it was donated by Madgav. Yes. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll him again. I won't. Uh, no, dear. Sorry, Madgav. Oh, Carry on. I'm still. I'm still. I'm still partly. The reason I'm a bit slow tonight is I'm still partly distracted by the trope thing. Oh, I thought it was possibly you're tired because you've had such a busy time. You've driven the length I'm of the country and back. But no, that might have had something to do. You're with distracted it. by a crappy pun opportunity, <laughs> which frankly has happened today. And you're going to be so pleased when you think of some half-arsed criticism <laughs> based on this. You're going to interrupt whatever we're actually talking about. And we'll look at you blankly, and go. Yeah, it wasn't working. Because we'll have moved on. We've we found you. I think you already to have, to be honest. <laughs> We're trying. I mean, we've mourned that particular pun and we've moved on. But you've got the distant gaze of a man who is desperately wrangling for something <laughs> no, funny. No, I'm simply distracted by a marmot out of the window. So. In Devon. Yeah, it's funny. Exactly, with that's marmots, why I'm distracted. Some people love them, some people hate them. Oh. See, it was a Marmite gag, wasn't it? I see. Yes. <laughs> yeah, see? 
See, that's how a pun works. It doesn't have to be great, but it has to be relevant to what's being said. <laughs> I don't know. You'd think at yeast it would have been funnier. Oh, but you see, now you're extrapolating purely from the Marmite. I mean, that's spreading it a bit thin. Um, hang on, Vegemite. I think I'm slightly tired and alcoholised. Like absolutely. like what happened with um, Expo last year. And that was at the start. Hang on, that was at lunch. Yeah, but I'd driven up. I, there you are, it's not alcohol, it's driving that saps my pun glands. <laughs> yeah, but you were actually pissed as well, weren't you? Well, at yeah, lunch but... time. <laughs> Have you got um, trains sorted out yet, John? Oh, yes, yes. Oh. Um, unfortunately, Martin now can't go to the expo. No, which I is get a that's bit of a, a shame. shame. Yeah. Um, the only advantage being that I do get the rooms myself, but that's. Uh, not hey, not well. Much uh, of a compensation, really. Since, uh, unfortunately, we won't get the pleasure of his company. Oh, that is a shame. It's, it's family things, isn't it? It's just uh, well, busy man, you know. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, other things do have to take a priority. And Ross is going apparently. Apparently so. Yes, I believe Despite he is. The, the fact going, he's I think. expecting. Well, he's not. No, no. In fact, Expect. he's probably forgotten about it. <laughs> <laughs> like the fact he tried to go to his wedding last time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not so great on the planning side of things, Ross. Um, but then again, the same could be true of the people who arrange the Eurovision because it falls on the same day as the Expo this year, which is which yeah. Is they didn't, That's they why they I didn't think that through, did they? Yeah, because I'm in a Eurovision party, and normally it'd be the week before, but this year, same day. So it's all the bloody Queen's fault. Yeah. What, because she's no, picking the Eurovision? That's not... That I don't, as we're <laughs> recording this, can I make it very Eurovision. clear that's not treason? That's just me expressing an opinion about the Queen. A treasonous opinion? Well, some might say treasonous, others might say a bold statement against... Oh, I don't know. I just don't want to get into... I don't want to get hung. I think they should combine Eurovision town. and Jubilee. Uh, you're going right. to what? Do... A song for the Jubilee. Right. You know, they, yeah, they should combine it in some horribly kitsch fashion. There's a button on okay. this hangout called Google Effects, and I'm terribly tempted and yet somehow Ooh. fearful of no, just, I'm going to press it. No, it's going to ruin things. Don't do it. Ooh. I've pressed it. Oh, I'm getting like a beach ball. Did it just ball. say, please do not press this button? No, it says loading. <laughs> loading, and there's like a beach ball. Yeah. Just what? No, so who's going to recap then? For the, for, uh, you know, the Amelia's going to recap. No, I recap last time. You can recap. Oh look! You can. I can get some hair. I my still loading. Oh. You can get some hair. That's what it does. It repopulates your scalp. It hasn't given me any hair. Oh yes, it has. Oh. Actually, that that's more like a cranial moustache. It's not a lot. It's not a lot of hair. It's called Conan hair. I'm assuming that's what? Conan O'Brien, the popular American oh, talk show host, rather than Conan the Barbarian. It's definitely not Conan. He doesn't have a quiff, Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> so that, that's basically oh, that's Google effect. effects, yeah. That's my crowning glory. Well, I've got yeah. and that's, that's you dressed as a furry. Ah, now, space outfit. That's hey, much more. Space like outfit. That actually really... <laughs> wow, where did you find that? Unfortunately, it looks more like you're inside a washing machine, but the, the theory is good. <laughs> 
Whereas Nick's running through this, the furry is, this is making fascinating audio, I'm sure. I, I bet it does. I'll just describe it to everybody. Nick is now inside a washing machine, drinking. That's much more like the Redgrave Dependable. <laughs> you see, it's true, it's true to the audio. <laughs> well, if it had a deep-sea diver option, it would be. So basically, these Google effects are very silly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I can put some comedy glasses on. <laughs> right, okay. So that's, that's what it takes. I can put comedy glasses on without actually using Google effects. Oh. Well, the comedy was that I'm already wearing glasses. So See, now you're in 3D. Actually, Ronnie Corbett glasses. 3D glasses sadly uh, uh, don't make now, fun 3D. The producer. The oh, no, they're, they're much more um, Robin Day. <sighs> that's all, <laughs> that's actually more that's Darth Vader than Robin Day. <laughs> Well, I'm sure Robin Day's been compared to many things, but Darth Vader, I suspect, is the first. I just remember he had sinus trouble. And you, madam, you're fooling nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a halo. So, recapping. Anyway, sorry. sorry, Uh, Recapping is that. Well, the reason we've been avoiding it is because we're all a little bit emotional about the last session, and I think. To be honest, it's painful to think back to such. It's the the death of Reverend Green, isn't it? It's it's inspirational and a noble sacrifice. It was just a no, poor, deluded no, man. No, really. the, the the other the other death. There was another death. Full of his own self-importance. A, a brave, noble <laughs> sacrifice to save humanity. Sorry, to save no. humanity. Yeah, I think um, I think humanity itself can be thankful that Doctor Crowther is dead. Yes, quite possibly. When when you put it like that, your argument does have some legs, I must say. Anyway, we return to the astronef. I'll write a suitable speech for Lord Redgrave. (laughs) To discover that. We'll be grateful that Doctor Crowther. (laughs) All humanity. Um we returned to the astronef to discover that the Reverend Green had taken over the astronef yeah, by he'd walloping. Away. He'd stowed away, and then whilst they weren't expecting it, he done over Lieutenant Victor Bates um, with their lead pipe in the engine room, and also the other man, the engineer, Murgatroyd. Heavens to Murgatroyd. Um, and locked them in the airlock. <laughs> lock them in the airlock in the, well not so much lock them in as put them in the airlock without air suits so that we couldn't open it without killing them yeah. cunning cunning and insisted that um doctor uh, that lord redgrave recant the fact that the earth is in fact an oblate spheroid and instead say that it's flat yeah because obviously he believed that uh, Lord Redgrave was part of the spherist conspiracy and was using his uh, newspaper connections and so on to perpetuate this absurdity. A blasphemous so, absurdity, of course. I mean, after of course. All, well, um, that would mean that um, there are references in the Bible about the corners of the Earth. Well, that can't make sense if, uh, if it's a sphere. And or if it means, it's just round, for instance. Yeah, if the... Um, 
uh, if Christ comes back down to earth, that would mean that some people wouldn't be able to see him at the same time because they're on the far side of the world. So that would be absurd. Uh, so obviously, that, well, that would be mental. Um, and not batting an eyelid that he was making these arguments from the surface of the moon. While staring at the giant <laughs> While staring at the earth. massive ball of the <laughs> earth. Easily faked. <laughs> um, he, uh, he continued to um, attempt to get Redgrave to confess. So fortunately for the party, the doctor bravely bounced up like, a, I believe it was a deranged kangaroo, onto the surface of the... Um, Onto the top was that of the astronaut. That was his particular <laughs> idiom. <laughs> he did a much better impression of a deranged kangaroo a few minutes later when he smashed the window of the astronaut and intending to hold the pickaxe in place and thus hold the, profe- the reverend to ransom, he f- neglected to understand the simple difference between positive and negative pressure and quite what it does to a window, what you've just put a pickaxe through. Um, yes, so he was fired across the surface of the moon. It's funny that it never crossed his mind what putting a pickaxe through a window is likely to cause. <laughs> well, he didn't do it very often, but much it, like a cork put- from a champagne bottle, he was fired across the surface of the moon, along with the unfortunate Reverend Green. And the rest of the window. And the rest of the window. Which, to be For, honest, however, he, major, major astonishingly, he survived this trauma, only to be... Oh, tested, you're, going to, only to, <laughs> you're going to try and put the blame for his death. <laughs> only to be taken to the tender mercies of Lady Valentine. You're, you're somehow trying to twist this around, that he'd have got away with it if it hadn't been for these pesky kids, is that it? It would have been. Well, do you want to take up the narrative, Amelia? No, 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 you you <laughs> So Lady um, Lady Valentine thumped him... Who is him. supposedly an expert engineer. <laughs> took him up to no the conning... knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> took him up to the conning tower, where she watched him turn purple and expire. <laughs> yeah. Without thinking, hey, I could just turn on all the oxygen in this room. And I was could... flustered. <laughs> Not quite as flustered <laughs> as my doctor was. There, there is, of course, he expired one... noisily in his red grave dependent One important thing to remember about that scene is that there is only one living witness to it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Um, fortunately uh, for everyone, the redoubtable Lieutenant Bates was revived in the airlock. And now yes, cause we are... have been terrible if you'd ended up as Professor Ips. <laughs> exactly. Um, and now we are under a bit of time pressure, I believe, because... Is there limited air supply in the Astronef? No, well, it's, 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 the it's there, certainly it's, lessened. It's um, leaking. The problem is that you can't keep the observation deck fully pressurised. It will keep leaking if you pressurise it. Where does the air come from on the astronef? Just out of interest. Well, it's generated. So you've got um, you've got tanks of air, and you've got right. a degree of sort of chemical generation of oxygen, but right. it can only go so far. Um, right. So you haven't. You got were go- as long uh, you were going to go off and get the body of Reverend Green back. Yes, that's right. And, Lord Redgrave, and then Lord Redgrave was very keen to explore the pyramid. But he has that was the whole it, purpose of the trip. The group, because obviously it's going to be a risk. And um, Lady Valentine decided that, that the Doctor, you know, would decide that the mission must continue. Because that's no, what wouldn't. the Doctor would have wanted. <laughs> that's the Doctor, what he would have wanted. There's what he would have really wanted is for you to give him some oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. I, I, I can't. Can't but think that perhaps the doctor wouldn't have agreed with you at all. 
<laughs> but he's not know. here now, so we'll <laughs> never know quite the Doctor's opinion. No, it's a shame, really, that the Doctor was um, so anti-Doctor Gutteridge, the only person around who could have saved his life if they'd been on friendly <laughs> terms. <laughs> Still never mind, eh? Better luck this time, Nick. I don't know what you mean, I've got nothing to do with that idiot of a doctor So we are all basically in the astronaut And um, this is it, are you going to to try some No more Doctor Death, you bastard (laughs) Sorry, I've just noticed the title I've just noticed the title of this room (laughs) It's much funnier if I don't have to point it out Yes, welcome to our game, which I've titled No More Doctor Death. Well, he did have a pretty bad failure rate. No, actually, He'd only treated one patient. So that's 100%, 100% failure, failure rate. rate. <laughs> How much worse could it be? As well as misdiagnosing a ship. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's another thing. He, he believes saved the, the aliens life of every cra- man jack on that. He believes ship. the aliens have crash-landed somewhere in the North Atlantic. <laughs> well, but he did look good in a short skirt. Bit. Hasn't it gone quiet? So, you're on the astronaut, changing subject, and um, basically Lord Redgrave wants to try and do a a very, very quick recce to try and take some evidence back and to to do what archaeology they can, but obviously the situation on the ship isn't brilliant. Murgatroyd's going to do what he can to stabilise things, and um, so we go from there. Over to you two, since this adventure has uh, involved a lot of me talking. Have um, have they got the Reverend Green's body back yet? Uh, you can certainly go out and do that in a moment. That'll only take, you know, five minutes to fetch him and pull him back in. You can do that well, as part I'll, of the... I'll go and do that while they're... Since a couple of people have got to go out, you can't all go as a group anyway, if, say, four of you are planning to go or whatever. Um, two could go out, fetch the bodies... Uh, sorry, the other bodies inside. Fetch Reverend Green's body, bring that back in, and then when the next group is ready to go out through the airlock, you just open the door, bring the body in, and then step into the airlock, so it wouldn't take an extra time. So let's pop the bodies up in the uh, conning tower for the minute. Yeah. And seal them in. Well, if you, if you and I know Lord Redgrave want to head off and get the Rev's body, well... Yeah, we've done that. Should we say we've right. done that? Me and Lady Redgrave. Uh, yeah, you're, so you're, you're, you're outside. Um, pretty much everybody is going to be suited up inside the astronaut, whether you're staying in it or not, although they may not necessarily have the visors clamped down, because... With the the leak situation, there's always the possibility that something might rupture. Yeah, it could go at any moment. So you need to be able to be fully um, enclosed in your Redgrave dependable breathing if dress. If we at the had to get back to Earth on just oxygen tanks from the suits, have we got enough little oxygen tanks that we? I know it's twelve hours. Uh, well, it depends how fast you go. Um, you can really force things. Yes, you should be able to do it. You can you can switch so the options and tanks out as you go. So if all shapes and, you know, with holes sprouting everywhere on the astronaut, we could actually just... <laughs> Surely not. Stick ourselves in <laughs> our not. suits and fly back to Earth quite happily. Yes, you can... Well, no, quite happily, no. Right. Um, there would be a much greater risk doing it. But we have but enough you, tanks. You should be able to do it. There's also the discomfort of the fact that the longer you spend in these suits... Yeah. Um, because, you know, you're in the suits. Yeah, but if we had to... If you really had to, you could yes, probably right. get away with it. I should point out, actually, on Google+, Plus, your right uh, lens on your glasses 
is all bright green and looks sort of really kind of um, cyberpunky. It's great. Yeah, it looks like, like, like you've got a heads up display. display. Just yeah. Yeah. Past your yeah. I think it's your anti reflective um, coat. It might be the anti reflective coat in here. It does look very cyberpunky. Unless you are a cyborg. <laughs> right then, so uh, Redgrave and Lieutenant Bates are out there just retrieving what's left of uh, Raven Green. Poor um, misguided fool. Oh, are we, are we have we pl- bothered to plug in? I suppose we should. There's no, there's no need particularly. He'll have a okay. cable with him, um, and if you need to say anything, just jot it down. Well, there's nothing to say really. We'll we'll get the body, drag it back in. Uh, but what you can carry it back in—it's very carrying. You're not going to drag somebody over the surface of the moon, are you? This man road. killed the finest doctor I've ever met in my years of service. <laughs> so there was no medical attachment to your division at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but the doctor did himself no favours, really, did he? <laughs> he wasn't what you call a people person. No, he wasn't. He had the bedside manner of, you know. Dr. Mengel <laughs> And now he's not what you would call a person. So there we go. No, no, no. He'll, he'll receive, I don't know, full military honours or whatever's appropriate for a doctor with a slightly dubious record of homicide. I'm not sure. Come on! <laughs> it's not homicide if a doctor does it. Oh, really? Oh, that's an interesting defence. I'm not saying I didn't do it, you understand, but I'm a doctor, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, uh, we'll carry board, the, the... the um, well, we're just gathering together the geological what's it. Yep. What's, what's your recommendation then for a party to to go out if the <coughs> um, if Laura Grave and Lieutenant Bates are already out there? Who would you suggest is best going Ips with you? Needs to go out, obviously. Is he the Egyptologist? Yeah. He's yeah. the Egyptologist. How many can we go out all together? Well, everybody could go out if you wanted um, to. Um, it, it's just, you know, the, obviously Murgatroyd would rather stay behind. He's got well, no particular value I guess value the remaining anyway. six, I mean, Ips and Guthridge can pipe up together. The Redgraves, I presume, would want to prefer to be partied together, and I'll go with Lieutenant Bates, I guess. Okay. Um, so uh, it takes a few minutes just to sort of shuttle back and forth, get the body through the airlock, and get everybody outside. Uh, is there any particular equipment you're taking beyond coils of rope, pickaxe, crampons, that sort of thing? Um, Ips is taking his hunting rifle. Right. Is he? Okay. Yes. Uh, I mean, whoever Bates. I am. Bates. You, Bates is taking his hunting rifle. <laughs> Bates is taking his hunting rifle and um, some long rope. Yeah, you definitely got lots of rope. And some lighting. Have we got any supplementary lighting? Yeah, lighting. You can load up on remaining flares. Um, if Lady Redgrave's going, she'll certainly be taking your camera. And a grapple and sort of spelunking equipment. Yeah, you've got that kind of thing, uh, general climbing gear. Climbing gear at this period is relatively rudimentary. But right. you know how to you know how to belay somebody down safely. So none of this sort of safety clamp sort of malarkey. I don't do a lot of climbing. Not, you might notice. Do you know? No. Uh, you're talking things it's like tweed hiking boots and a couple of bits of rope. Yeah, if you're talking yes. things, I mean, hobnail boot rather than um, crampons tended to be the thing. But you do have uh, some 
crampon grips to attach. And what to is a crampon again? Because I was confused about this. Set, set of spikes attached to you. Right. Feet, okay. So that you you kick them in. That usually for for um, ice climbing or very icy conditions, they've got spikes so pointing down, that's, and then spikes that's... at the front, so you can kick and get, basically kick into a. Oh, like that woman in um, only live twice. Yeah, except those that you're, you're confusing a poisoned knife with <laughs> right. some climbing Slightly equipment. Pointy shoes. <laughs> but the, the, the principle's the same sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Likewise, crampons not the same as winkle pickers. <laughs> right. No. no. Um, but yeah, I mean things like you know rescue aids and. Have we got any um, grenades? That sort of thing. Grenades? No. You've got flares. We'll take a, a few flares. About it. I think. Have we got anything um, dynamite type thing in case yeah, we I'm come across? I'm just quickly flicking to the equipment list, which I'm sure was here somewhere. In case we're coming uh, across cave-ins and passages or something like that. Well, it's not a natural formation, don't forget. This is a, a No, I know, but... Right. But did Lord Redgrave have a frag car with these moon chappies? Some of the options... Um, no, it's the Martians me- Measuring oh, stuff... Yeah. Five 100-foot coils of rope, 50 climbing spikes, pickaxes, hammers, crowbars and spades, wheelbarrows, up to four wheelbarrows, block and tackle and a tripod, portable arc lights and cable. You've got 50 red brave flares, so basically you can all stock up on half a dozen of those each because you've yeah. still got plenty left. Uh, 12 tins of white paint and brushes for marking paths. He'll definitely take at least a couple yeah. of those. Yeah. Uh, chalk. Everybody will be issued with chalk because you've been writing on the blackboards, but also it could be used potentially for marking things. Right. And yeah. then there's a 200-foot coil of telephone cable which has been sort of chopped up to be issued between people so everybody can plug in if necessary. Right, so okay. Attached to a little sort of connector that plugs into the side of your helmet. And we've still only got the 8-foot between us or whatever it is. It's yeah, it's about ten feet. It depends. You, you can stretch it a little further, but if you stretch uh, at any speed, it will just pull out or break. Sure. Um, obviously, you don't want too tight a connection because that means that if somebody falls <laughs> off something, it just takes the other person with him. He's a clever man, Redgrave. He would never do something, you know, silly. Right. Or potentially dodgy, like murdering a scientist. And say, Sorry, I've just spilled beer all over my face. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we were, in fact, watching that on video, Nick. There's no need to tell okay. us. It's quite impressive. Yeah. Um, so well, let's carry on as if I hadn't. Tell. You don't wear those glasses, then, because you need... No, the, they're purely protective. They just stop the beer and They're just safety glasses. Beer goggles. <laughs> <laughs> and a house point to Amelia. <laughs> right, sorry, yes. And the expedition consists of, what, five of us then? We've got to leave Murgatroyd on. Six plus Murgatroyd. So, Lord and Lady Redgrave, Ips, yep. and the Gutteridge. other Doctor, Gutteridge, and us two. Okay, super. That sounds yes. fine. Lady uh, Valentine and, of course, Master ba- uh, Lieutenant Bates. Oh, it's all right for you to make jokes now I'm playing him, but when I try it, it's not dead it If you want to go around calling him Masturbate, that's absolutely <laughs> fine. Thought you might just have a bit of respect, that's all. Uh, no, none at all. Right, uh, well, off you go then. You know, don't let me stop Right, you. we what shall march work? towards the pyramid, because Redgrave had already entered the pyramid. 
Oh yes, yes, absolutely. So we and will follow his lead. Uh, put your own pushing wheelbarrow. Have they been in the pyramid slightly at all? Just they, like they've kind of poked the heads round. Um, it's very dark in there, as you might imagine. Almost no light gets very far, more than maybe 10 or 15 feet through the entrance. The pyramid is about a thousand feet tall. It's absolutely enormous. Oh, yeah, it's and the other them. buildings were 100 to 150 feet at the very most. Right. Um, so even though they do loom over the astronaut, although it's it's at a distance, the pyramid totally dominates everything in this town. When we were it's looking close. amongst the buildings, were there any uh, things that were like obvious light sources? No, little no. Or... I mean, yeah, you'd have seen things like sconces and so on, but nothing, um, nothing that appeared like to be like a sort lamp of... there. Yeah. Certainly, places we didn't really find any lamps. technology, did we? No, you didn't really find anything that was particularly technological. There were probably things that could have been used as as lamps um, in a in a kind of old-fashioned burning something with a wick, that kind of stuff. Certainly, all of the tools and things you were finding, knives and bowls and so on, seemed not primitive, but really rudimentary technology. So it points to the fact that at some point there was an atmosphere on the moon, or at least something containing an atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, certainly uh, Lord and Lady Redgrave have definitely strongly speculated that there was an atmosphere that is now only existent in the lowest regions of the right. moon, where it's colder and there's a bit more pressure, because they have experienced the atmosphere where there are still creatures living in the, yeah. in the, the chasms in some areas of the moon. Now, obviously, inside this pyramid, uh, no idea. No. But time is against you. So, uh, Lady Valentine, uh, you're handling the loss of the Doctor well, I must say. Oh, I didn't know him that well. He, 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 he did die bravely. I mean, he's saving yes. our lives. Well, well done. Stiff up a lip, old girl, and all that. I've known men with less spunk than you, you know. Lady Valentine, hello. <laughs> Is this thing on? Hello. <laughs> um, thank you. Lieutenant. Oh, hello. Is the light just come on in your room? Maybe. Yes, I can't oh, right. actually see you anymore. So. Were we under a net? <laughs> Who? Sorry, what? <laughs> no, carry on. I just thought you were lifting a net off us, but um, doesn't matter. It's not that kind of party. Turning <laughs> <laughs> a light on. <laughs> well, that song I can't stand Lorraine. I always thought that was a bit harsh as well. Right. <laughs> I don't know what she's doing against your window, but still. Um, it's like um, Can't Stand Gravy. Can't Stand Gravy. No? Okay. Very good. Right. <laughs> hello, hello, Lady, lady Valentine. <laughs> so, yes, you were, you were back to making some unnecessary spunk-related comments, I believe. No, I'm just uh, congratulating Lady Valentine on her stiff upper lip. Well, quite so, but you know, some of these girls are being brought up nowadays. The Redgraves have pretty much forged uh, a very narrow path between all the bones leading up to the entrance because there are piles of bones everywhere. It's as if everybody, you know, apart from a few that you found around the the town, it's as if the majority of people had, had just congregated around the pyramid to die. And then died, okay. Yeah. All been killed, you know. We don't actually know what's causing. Well, we'll have and, a quick look at the skeletons as we go by, but we haven't really got time to examine. And of course, you've got very, very little medical knowledge now that your expert's gone. But certainly, yeah. behind you, um, Gusseridge and Ips do keep pausing to check things. But you can only tell that if you turn around and have a look, because you've got almost no peripheral vision and you can't hear anything. 
Leave that to the boffins, Lady Valentine. Let's get in this pyramid. And as you get to the entrance, you can see why it's not possible to see terribly far into it, because there is a, a reasonably steep slope. The entrance goes directly upwards. Right. Okay. So, into the uh, pyramid. Yep, you can walk up it. It's not so steep that you can't walk up the slope, but that does mean that most of the light just dies at the entrance. Right. Right. Okay, is it quite like a big, open, you know, rectangular doorway? Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's more of a sort of... Um, like a flat top arch kind of a thing, yeah, but yes, it's thing, yeah. yeah, it's basically uh, nothing too fancy. I mean, there's not an awful lot of ornamentation around here. A lot of things seem to be fairly plain. Some of the simple geometric designs around there, are the, as far as anything's gone for decoration. Is there anything, I don't know, hieroglyphs or something that Lady Redgrave might want to take some pictures of? Or? It well, she'd had no she'd gone around the outside, certainly surveying and taking photographs, and they do seem to have gone ahead without having a little look around the outside of it. There's some simple carvings just around the entrance, but it's it's nothing elaborate or particular. Yes, I presume the red grapes are leading. Yes, you can make it make them out sort of in silhouette against the glow of their chest torches. Uh, Lieutenant Bates, you've got the arc light arrangements. Uh, you are, in fact, trailing cable behind you from the astronaut. I was going to say, have we got any like, battery lights or anything? You've got right. two arc lights. How long is the cable? Light, it's several hundred feet. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll so, take it as far as we can get it. Yeah. Uh, but you've got to run off the generator in the um, uh, in the astronaut. You've got nothing portable that will run these things. I'm alert for any signs of movement. Right. Uh, just ahead of you, um, what, 20, 30 feet... Lord and Lady Redgrave disappear out of sight. It looks like they've just gone over uh, a lip, so they've possibly reached the top of right. the, uh, the slope. And when you get up there, it does actually open out into a very large, squarish, rectangular room. Reasonably high. Uh, gosh, it's probably higher in here than the Astronef, so it's oh. pretty roomy. It's hard to get a sense of the full scale of it because the, the torches that are built, the lanterns that are built into the front of your suits are very directional. You have to turn your whole body to see anything. So, so occasionally somebody will swing around and you get a glimpse of a, of a bit more of the room. Right. Right. Stand in front of each other making shadow puppets. You well, can, can do that <laughs> if you want. Yeah, no time for that, Lady Valentine. Um, can I sort of stand in a useful place to hold the arc light for the, for the youth, well, the arc, for the scientists? The arc light's set up. I mean, you can't right. take them much further in, to be honest. You don't think you're going to be able to get them beyond this room. Well, this yeah. is a good place to set them up, then, isn't it? I'll, I'll get yeah, on with they, that. They've, they've each got a stand, and then you set the light up, and you know, they will not completely illuminate the room, because they, they're still fairly directional. But if you uh, position them cunningly, which I'm sure you can manage, um, you'll be able to see most of the room in pretty good detail. entirely empty room, like just a big open hallway? It's a sort of, I mean, this is a very, very large thing. It's got to be hmm, three, maybe even 400 feet across. It's a very large room. And as I say, it's perhaps as much as twice the height of the astronaut. So it's definitely. So we could big. fit the astronaut into it. Assuming you could have got it up the slope, yes. Well, I'm not saying we do, but it is that yeah. big. Okay. Oh, in here, the astro- certainly, if there was a way into it, the astronaut could fly around in here reasonably well. Fascinating. Is there anything on the walls, like pictures? Or? 
Again, Rich. fairly simple, fairly geometric designs, nothing particularly involved. It's all quite sparse, quite plain. So, you know, nothing. Any other wonderful. passageways, anything on the floor? Yeah, you do notice a couple of things when you get the arc lights into shape. Um, there are a couple of archways. Uh, as you've come in, they're directly <coughs> ahead of you, sort of one to the left, one to the right, leading further on. And pretty much slap in the middle of the floor, or probably, probably under the apex of the pyramid, actually, there is a very large shaft. I hesitate to use the word because I expect you to snigger, but there's a very large shaft going down. Right. It's perhaps 20 feet square. It's I didn't a snigger. Above it. Can I have it noted no, that I didn't I'm... snigger or anything? Okay. You tried very um, hard to impress that, didn't you? <laughs> yep. Above it, there is in fact a very, very Don't large... Don't tell me there's a massive bell. No. <laughs> there's a very large bronze pulley. And a chain leading down into the depths. And across the chamber, there is a capstan with eight very large bronze arms. It's, it's a huge thing. A capstan? Is that the sort of thing you use to pull a chain up with? Is that what a capstan is? Yeah, big a big wheel that you rotate. It, it's like a sort of giant... That's it, you know, a bit kind yeah. of... Like the bit the of that in or... Temple of Doom that Indy traps a... You know on a pirate under. ship where they all sing and go round a big thing and pull the anchor off on the chain? Right, OK, yeah, that's good. That's capstan. OK. Not to be confused with a windlass, obviously. Which is a smaller one you want. <laughs> okay. I thought that was a kind of octopus. I think it's great that you've got an interpreter, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so there's a big capstan leading up to a pulley and a chain going down into the massive uh, shaft. Shaft. Right. And then at the back of the room are two arches which appear to lead off into darkness, but presumably towards something. Is there any way I can reach an arc light over to the shaft and shine down it, or is that too far? Scary. Might just about be. Let's see if I... Yeah, it's pretty much at the limit of it. You can, you can get it sort of part way down. You can't see the bottom of the shaft. It seems to go down probably several hundred feet. Is the chain going down the whole way? It goes down as far as you can tell. And what's the chain made of? It was a metal, wasn't Bronze, it? it looks it's like metal. Bronze. Mm, fascinating. They must have been able to make bronze up here. But you can't see quite how far it goes down. You can't get the arc light into a position where you can illuminate directly down into the shaft. I wonder if it's the capstan to see if it's, you know, still movable. Not by one person. Not no. What are the Redgraves up to at this point? Uh, looking around, Lady Redgrave is setting up her camera equipment. Uh, Lord Redgrave is uh, scribbling down some notes. How thick's this chain? Pretty thick. About as thick as your arm. Right. Okay. Shall I do a pip in and drop something down? Not that we can hear anyway, Not so that, that would be a bit pointless. <laughs> okay. I could drop a flare down and we'd be able you to see it. Yeah. You could indeed drop a flare. Shall I try that, Lady Valentine? Is that a, is that a good idea? Yeah, sounds good. Good idea, Tony. Okay. Oh, I'll I get to say fool of a took. Go on. <laughs> I'll crush <laughs> a balrog. Um, I'll crush. <laughs> we cannot get out. Um, I'll crush a flare. <laughs> We could say the drums, the drums, but we wouldn't better hear them. I do love the way when they're reading that, they just they sound slightly uninterested as they sort of 
You know, oh no, they're coming, oh god. They're out coming. Door, they're out the door. Arg. <laughs> I can't make out this last word, so. <laughs> um, I, okay, I'll crush a flare um, and drop it down oh, the hole. Crush a flare. Ooh. What was right. his name? You toss it down the flare. Now, you anyway. do then get to see a much better. Presumably, the two of you are leaning over yes. perilously, are you? Yes. Well, I'm doing it in such a way that I can protect Lady Valentine from anything terrible. I might be just right. kneeling down at the edge, not being great with fights. No, I'll, I'll lean down. I'll lean over bravely. Lieutenant Where makes... you fall over and take the <laughs> Falls over and falls over. <laughs> yeah. You make Thanks, sure man. that the, the cable is attached between you really securely. <laughs> Um, Lieutenant Bates leans over, crushes the flare, gives it a second, and then releases. Just as it falls from your hand, it starts to spark, bursts into flame, and tumbles end over end down the shaft. You can make out then that, in fact, there's probably only. I'm going to time it just mentally one, two, three, and see how far it is. Yes. And then you forget how to spell Mississippi and move you can see there's probably only actually about 40 or 50 feet of the bronze chain, and it looks like it's twisted or possibly a broken link. So it's right. probable that the rest of the chain has, has snapped and fallen. And it's down at the bottom. And okay. the flare continues falling. You'd estimate several hundred feet. Right. Uh, Does it seem to hit as, the bottom? Uh, at some point, it possibly hits right. the bottom, but of course it will go out. They're, they're designed as photographic flares, don't forget. Right, so, it so they don't go on. a fairly short amount of time. Yeah. But okay. you, you certainly see it might have stopped, and then it goes out. But you'd, right. est- you'd estimate certainly maybe 600 feet. 600 feet. Are we that, that, that high up, or would that be below the level? Uh, at what, a rough you, guess, would that be still in the pyramid, or...? You must have walked oh, maybe as much as a couple of hundred feet of elevation getting in here. That would huh. be perhaps the extreme of it. So it is below ground. So, huh. so the the astronef is certainly 150, 200 feet below your <coughs> level. Yeah. Which means that if if you've dropped something more than a couple of hundred feet, then it is a an underground shaft. Right. And nobody wants that. And there's no, I, we, I don't know how we'd know whether it hit water or not. Would they, these flares, would they carry on underwater? Yep. These particular, yeah. right? So there's no way of knowing. Unless you we would jump spot it. a difference if it fell underwater, unless the water was extremely clear. Right. And there's no sort of dimming other than just falling. And there's no change in colour or anything. Okay. Uh, well, we we could wind this chain up, though it seems broken anyway. I'm not sure there's a lot of point to it. From what you can see, the shaft is... Well, there are no obvious handholds. There's nothing certainly deliberately no cut into down. it. doesn't appear to be a ladder. But it's the rock isn't completely smooth. It's not okay. been perfectly machined. So... But 600 feet, we haven't got the oxygen to climb down How wide down is the there. shaft, anyway? Oh, it's probably 20 feet across. So some quite large uh, cargo shipment? Yeah. Yeah, that was it. They probably mined something below. And yeah, like they have the factories up. and mines at home. So. Yeah, something like Is there enough chain on the... Uh, what did you got? A windlass? No, the other one. Capstan. Cap- capstan. Is there enough chain on the capstan to get to the bottom of the shaft, or is that... Do you want to go and have a look? Yeah. I will go and have a look at the capstan. Right, um... Now, you're actually an engineering specialist, aren't you, Lenny? I am. 
Do you mean I finally get to use it? I failed to roll. Um, <laughs> Doesn't matter, you'll get an 11 anyway. You'll kill my character. <laughs> Not that I'm bitter or anything. Only when you're actually on the chain. It's probably <laughs> yes. going to be average your mechanic and your scholar. And uh, and round up. So I think that's. I've a got four. mechanic and scholar engineering. Yeah. So I think the average of the two is about be, four if you round up, four, isn't it? Yeah. And Lieutenant Bates can probably have a role, but he's not much of a specialist on captains. So no, let's just call just it be his a brain, mind would it? role. Oh dear. Uh, ten. Eleven. Right. <laughs> oh God Almighty. You are the well, worst C6 roller in the world. <laughs> you, uh, you nod to each other as best you can in these bulky outfits and grab hold of an arm on the uh, on the windlass and start to, start to push and nothing's moving. And um, Lieutenant Bates, there's a you, you feel a, a tap against your shoulder, and uh, it's Doctor Gutteridge. You can just make out. Pointing out the handbrake. I'll indicate that I've heard him. He's effectively, yes, pointing Pointing out the the handbrake. There is a a large lever that that unclicks to release the thing. It's it's on a sort of a ratchet, so that if you were to slip, it doesn't just... It doesn't. I will nod as if I knew that anyway, and we were just testing some other theory. And then I'll I'll undo the handbrake. So he undoes it, he undoes it, and it clicks the ratchet into a position where it lets you wind up. Wind up, okay. Well, we want to wind down, really, because we know it's just a broken link down there, because we've already seen it. You look at it, click it across, it goes into the opposite position, and you can wind it down. Okay. Well, it's gone a long way. You, I mean, you're estimating here. It probably hasn't gone far enough, but on the other hand, it's uh, a pretty hefty chain. You ought to be able to attach uh, a hundred foot of rope to it, yes. And that might possibly do it. Um, so we don't think the end of the chain hit ground at all or anything? Well, you've got no real way of telling. It certainly doesn't appear to go slack. It doesn't go slack, and right. I would say that for you, Lady Valentine, you'd, you'd estimate the distance. And in fact, Lieutenant Bates, with his um, speleological expertise, you'd probably estimate that based on how you saw the flare fall, the chain isn't going to be quite long enough. But with a rope, you could certainly be there. And certainly if you you know attach a couple of ropes together, definitely should be able to get as far down as you saw the flare go. Well, if Lord Redgrave thinks it's worth exploring down the shaft as well as going through the two... That's my speciality. So I'll I'll take the shaft because uh, I'm an experienced caver. Well, we might well, I, I was first. I was just caught oh, there's no need to sneak her. I was taking I was playing that I was taking that straft, shaft straight up and you've turned it into something different. No, you know, just an unexpected shaft was all. I wasn't but... expecting you to immediately turn around and, and grasp it so thoroughly. That's just um it, it's a fairly inconsequential part of the room. Well, uh I um no, I or can't not. think of any puns. Don't. No, just, just okay, don't. let's just take it. Um, so, well, if we leave the red graves to investigate the archways, or should we do that then? But I just feel, as the spelunker, the shaft is really what's well, drawing got, me to you've it. you've got to wind the, um, the chain back up and attach the ropes, and then either 
attach somebody to it basically and lower them down or yeah. lower it down and then climb down the resulting chain and rope. You've got to decide well, how low, lowering would be quicker and we're a bit shorter time. So It would be also that's, safer that... given we can't actually manoeuvre much in the suits. So if we do that and perhaps let the others investigate the archways and let us know if there's anything interesting. So I would imagine that the gentlemen are probably going to volunteer to man the capstan. Uh, yes, gentlemen. Dr. Gutteridge, Professor Ips are certainly going to, rather than suggesting yes. Lady Valentine does it on her own. Um, but who's, is it Lieutenant Bates who's going to actually descend into the shaft? Well, with his experience well, of climbing and stuff, I guess so. But no, 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 wait, just... Because <laughs> 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 <I mean, laughs> No, just I just, I'm trying through. to think of a way of phrasing this which doesn't make me sound like a craven. So but... <laughs> no, 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 I'm just, no, 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 um, no. I'm just suggesting really two of us need to go because we've got no other yes, way of communicating with anyone else. When we're down there, how, would, how else? Well, we could two is... lower another rope. I mean, we've got long enough rope. I was going to say we could tug on a rope. But... Well, we could, you could be held onto the chain above me and I'll go first. But if, I, if just I go and something happens, you, you'll have... I mean, the same is true if we both go, but at least we've got better chances. Of... Well, I think so we should, it's we better for two go. of you to die than just you. Well, we don't know what's down there. I just think, you know, we use the buddy system. Well, I think oh, we should right. use two because, I mean, you'd obviously need to take your rifle and then I'd hold a torch or something. Well, I'm a bit uncomfortable about taking a girl down there, though, perhaps. Uh... I can assure you I'm fully prepared for this mission, if you've done it. <sighs> well, I suppose if Redgrave hired you, you, uh, you must have something to you. And you, I did feel you're, uh, you're quite well... Um, unflappable with the, what happened with the doctor so if, if you're game then I am and that's the closest Lieutenant Bakes comes to a proposal right. <laughs> and can, I, can I just point out to me that you're wrong he is still doing the voice yes <laughs> he'll drop it eventually he'll go German now so here's the plan then you're going to haul the chain back up right well if Attach... Lord Redgrave agrees that this is a good place to explore and they'll go off through the archways or something right well bearing in mind that time is um, a little bit short probably the best thing to do is if Lady Valentine communicates with Lord Redgrave jotting yeah, so down I'll some, some, some ideas and I'll help while the, the lieutenant winds back the chain with yeah. the help of, and uh, sorts out harness and Gutteridge. Of some sort. Uh, the feeble help harness. of Ips and Gutteridge. This thing is designed to be lifting up this chain, presumably with something on the end of it, so it's, it's not that bad. Plus, of course, one-sixth gravity makes it pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, it's a bit stiff to get it started, but now you've got the thing moving, and particularly since the brake has been taken off, uh, it is much easier to use. So it's, you know, it's, it's getting a bit easier. Does it look like it was designed to be manually operated? I mean, they didn't have, you know, things attached to it or... It's got eight arms sticking out so of it. So eight people... There's evidence, on the, there's evidence on the floor of where, in a circular pattern, that you would su suggest is possibly down to people walking and pushing over a long period of time. It's not like a, you know, a huge groove in the ground. No. But it's definitely worn there. So, okay. yes, you would say this was manually operated. Yeah. Um, once they've lowered you down, essentially um, they're going to keep somebody sort of on standby at the top. We'll, we'll fire a flare the if we them need them to. We'll fire um, a flare. Well, we'll crush a flare, and right. if they see a flare, it's a signal to crank us back up. Okay, yeah, that seems okay. Uh, seems okay. Red Redgrave is 
flitting between being terribly excited and actually wanting to go down there himself, um, and also extremely mindful of the fact that this is very, very dangerous and, you know, you're sending a lady down there. Um, oh, yeah, but... I have full, full confidence in the lieutenant's caving abilities, Lord Redgrave. Absolutely. Oh, thank God you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in that case, with one person left, probably uh, Gutteridge is the best person to be on watch. You yeah. then have Ips, the Egyptologist, Lord Redgrave and Lady Redgrave will explore the rear two chambers. Perhaps we uh, should take a, a camera as well. As I didn't um, fail quite so dismally as the doc and the, uh, the engineer here, <laughs> I can actually handle a camera. Yeah, Gus Ridge and Ips have both got one of the quarter plate cameras. Well, should I take one of those bad boys? You certainly can do, yeah. I mean, uh, Ips doesn't mind giving it up. <laughs> Although, actually, Gus Ridge is probably more sensible to take his because Ips will be doing things in other rooms where he might want to take a picture. Yeah. But it's yeah, we've got to take because we'll be we'll the only ones down the here. Cameras, so, yeah. if you could hold it, Lady Valentine, and I'll um, I'll um, take some pictures as necessary. I do remember watching your uh, camera test, but uh, never mind. I'll take any pictures that are required. Your performance. Oops! Come to me. I'm quite safe to carry it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just uh, yeah. That's right. Just don't use it. God's sake. Don't use well, it. I can carry the glasses if you want to. Uh, well, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with it. Sure so how much, how much stuff are you carrying? About <laughs> a few flares, a rifle strapped well, on my back, and, anyway, and the camera with Lady Valentine, who's also got a few flares. Yeah. Whatever okay. we usually have stuff to add a little... You've got a you've got a small pouch that's got perhaps half a dozen flares at most. Yeah. You've right. got the slates and pouch with chalk and that kind of stuff sort of on the other side of your belt. The lanterns are built into the chest, the chest plate yeah. just above the um, uh, oxygen thing, so it's just as well they're not carbide lanterns, otherwise they could be a horrendous... Uh, <laughs> they are, in fact, battery lanterns. Um, so you've got your oxygen supply, everything's still running there. I mean, obviously the clock's ticking, but, yeah, you, you're basically all set to go. Anything you just... else you want to take down with you, Lady Valentine? Well, we have, you know, little geological hammers and a, a rifle, I guess, but... Well, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I think we've only got the one rifle, have we? Yeah, we got the one rifle. Right. So you're you're going to tie tie the two of you in then, Lieutenant Bates. Yep. Yep. Just make a roll, would you please, oh, on your painting ability? No trouble. Uh, five. Oh, That's how it's done, Amelia. It's very easy. If that's so, course, good enough. He doesn't know what the difficulty is. Yeah, it could be hugely <laughs> difficult. Looks like he's tied <laughs> But it wasn't <laughs> eleven. A couple of fairly quick movements and makes uh, some fairly loose loops that appear to just, you know, half-heartedly go through one another. Uh, and as far as you're concerned, Lady Valentine, uh, there is no way in hell that's going to hold anything. But he seems extremely confident, gives a quick tug, thumbs up towards Lord Redgrave, and then throws one leg over the uh, over the shaft, as it oh, were. You, you don't think we should go down separately then, Lieutenant? Uh, well, you're no, we can't talk to each other. Quite I am quite confident. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you're sure. I know it looks uh, it looks flimsy to you, but uh, to an experienced Belunka, that's a perfect knot. Okay. Trust One of you is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hanging well, on to the chair. I am. I do have. Um, <laughs> I do have an athlete caving of seven, and I, yes, I'm pretty. Do. I'm pretty confident that's uh, that's a good knot. Yep. 
Four. <laughs> uh, you haven't got I mean, saving. Perhaps if I'd rolled I eleven, <laughs> I might be a bit uh, a bit I less trust, confident. I trust in his abilities. Right. I'm hanging so, desperately into the chain, but I trust in his abilities. You're going to have to just sort of kick off from the side of the shaft uh, to the centre, and then they will start lowering you down. Okay. Don't worry, Lady Valentine. I've done this hundreds of times before. So you're not hanging. The, you're hanging. Not this particular. No, not in a diving suit. You're hanging onto the chain. That makes it easier. And it doesn't take long before it comes to a stop, quite an abrupt sort of jerk, and you're hanging at some point down a very dark shaft. The chest lanterns that you've got point directly in front of you. With a, a and fairly the flare that I dropped has long since gone out, has it? It has, yes. Yeah, Plus, okay. you wouldn't be able to see it because you can't just glance down. You can only right. almost... Well, yeah, but it's its own light source. It's, it's, it's not glowing at all, is it? No, and if, you, if it were, it was flare, too far down. Right. Sorry, Lady Valentine? Should, should we drop a flare? As, as we, we don't know what we're landing on. Uh, won't they pull us up, then? Was that our signal, wasn't it? I yes. suppose we need to trust what they're landing on. I should have thought of that about that a bit more, really. <laughs> also, actually, that's brilliant thinking. Remembering that this is a flare... <laughs> <laughs> would actually have them desperately winding you back up. Oh my god, they need help straight away! Yeah. Um, um, sorry everybody, no. Bit of a misunderstanding. False alarm. <laughs> Let's say two flares pull us up. It's alright, Lady Valentine. We've got to take a, a great leave it to the unknown. Uh, so we'll... Um, I presume he means a metaphorical leap, but you know. So I'll start climbing down the rope, is that... So we're on the yeah. chain... I presume we're lowering uh, ourselves yeah. on the rope for the last time. You are effectively secured to the chain by a double loop of the rope. Now, from here, the logical thing for you to do, Lieutenant Bates, is to lower Lady Valentine so that you can properly belay her from your secure position and then right. lower yourself. Sort of say, I have no climbing mm, but There's, so there's flaws with that plan is that I'm lowering the, the lady into danger. Yes. But, but can no you trust her to successfully belay you? No. The Lady Valentine, no. I'm going to lower you to the bottom of this shaft. If you get into any trouble whatsoever, you set off one of those flares and I'll have you up in a jiffy. Certainly, yes, sir. I've got the rifle with me anyway, so... Uh, you have got the rifle. Don't don't use it unless you need to. So there's just the one rifle between you, then? Uh, we, yeah, I thought we only had one rifle. If we had more than one... But no, I brought mine, have, and that's it. we have it. enough to... I mean, I didn't didn't bring any bullets or anything. I was just hoping the just a rifle, I... <laughs> just scare them off. It was, it was always enough to scare the fuzzy wuzzies. So I never needed to load it. <laughs> I didn't know how many we had on the astronauts. So. Uh, I, I don't think we came with a massive think, arsenal. Um, I think there was a shotgun, a rifle, and a couple of sidearms. Probably a sidearm as well, then I guess. You did say you were taking a weapon, didn't you? This yeah. Time. So well, you take both because. Uh, I'm, what can I do? I'm, you can't I'm fly lowering the rope. Lowering so, you yeah. down, no. Right. So, uh, okay. Just but any worries, I'll pull you up. Right. Let's, let's have another roll on that athlete caving. Shall Fear you not, things? Lady Valentine. No, I've done I'm this hundreds of times. At all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, five again. Five. Yeah. On a seven. Lady Valentine, you're dropping at a somewhat alarming speed. It's hard to, to gauge quite how fast you're going, uh, but it, it, it feels, you know, you can sort of just see the light from the, uh, Lieutenant Bates's front lantern 
receding at a tremendous rate, it seems. It's quite dramatic. And then suddenly you seem to fairly smoothly be slowing down, as best you can tell. You're starting to, to rotate very slightly. You're looking at just the slightly rough surface of the shaft all the way around. Can I sort of lean down slightly and see if You I have to kind of yet. lean your, your whole self forwards. It's it, The way you're tied in, you're naturally... It's much easier to look up, unfortunately. Yeah. But you can twist yourself as, as best you can, and you can make out something down below. You, you're definitely approaching the bottom of the shaft, maybe... 20 or 30 feet. Does it like ground or water? Because I'm heading into water. It looks like like ground. And you get down uh, probably within, oh gosh, 20 feet of it before you stop rather abruptly. Do I think the ropes run out or? You think you've stopped. You're no longer plugged in, remember. Um... Is there any more slack in the rope? Well, uh, from your point of view, there's never been any slack in the rope. That would have been defying gravity well, yeah, even but... on the moon. Um, I can't really do anything about it. I'm just giving the rope a sort of gentle tug. It's absolutely taut. Tugging on it doesn't make any difference. Oh, wait. I don't know why he stopped lowering me, you know. So. I'm sure he's got a damn good reason. She's all the way down. The rope has gone taut completely and not at any point gone slack. So you seem to have run out of rope at this end and it doesn't seem as if she's hit the ground with any spare. Have I, did I not bring another rope? Right, you've, um, you've attached a couple of ropes to this. You do have a spare rope, um, assuming you've come down with it, which I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. And so you've got it looped around you. So if I grip onto the chain and loop it off myself and lower with that rope as well. I mean, she hasn't hit the ground yet, obviously. Sorry, hang on a second. This is a little bit like, sit, you know, a cartoon character sitting on a branch, <laughs> soaring and having the tree fall away. No, I, but I can, I can hold onto the chain, yes. so I don't need the rope. No, but me. she does because she's do. hanging off the other end of it. Yeah, but I can. You can't because just of... untie her, tie another rope in the middle, <laughs> because you've got to then hold her full weight. Well, yeah, but she rope. only weighs a sixth of what she normally does, so I'm banking on the fact that I can Plus hold her. her. Yeah, you're talking at least a couple of stone, I would thought. Well, uh, more than a couple of stones. Six of the weight plus. You're wearing. I'm working kilos, I'm afraid, but we're we're about thirty or forty kilos, aren't we? Okay. You're carrying a lot of weight. But if I climb down this, continent, have you lifted us? (laughs) No, it's just infinitely more sensible unit of measurement. Don't don't get carried away. This is the Empire, sir. We'll have no sensibleness. (laughs) I wouldn't have thought you could climb the rope whilst wearing the diving suit. I, well, you, that's because you haven't got athletics caving at seven. Yeah, it's I, just I, you I can't will, actually will grip to, well enough. Or I'm going to agree with him there. He can actually climb down this can rope. He? All right, okay. There's no, no guarantee that you could. Well, that's right, because I can, once I get back up to the chain, I can pull her back up. So if I climb down to the bottom where the, if I get to the bottom where Lady Valentine is, I can then tie another rope to the end of that. 
Yeah, once you're down there, you could attach yeah. your rope yeah. to her you and then attach to the, the rope. rope at this end. Well, the <laughs> only other option is to pull her back up and just say, what did you see? Which isn't going to be a lot, because she's just seen the inside of a shaft. Well, so. you don't know how far down she is, really. You just know that she's, you know, a couple of rope lines. You don't know how far she is from the bottom. So, But that's yes, the only thing I can do, really. Your plan for going down and lowering her then on another section of rope from below... How do I think I am from the ground? Uh, You were judging maybe only 20 feet at most. Do I think... I'll I'll just cut the rope then, she'll be fine. Am I in a harness or anything? I wouldn't call it a harness. Can I get myself out of the rope if I need to? Yeah, he sort of tied you in a kind of a a bowling sort of thing. It's not like a Swiss seat or anything that's very hard to get out. A 20 foot drop on the moon is only like a 5 or 6 foot drop, isn't it? I'll just drop myself off. I've seen the doctor. I saw the doctor jump, so I know. Oh, God. Right. Um, <laughs> you have so got you athletics, need... though, haven't you? Yeah, you, need, you need so unless you keep yourself. doing crazy things like rolling eleven every time you freaking roll the dice, then you'll, you'll only be fine. It at important <laughs> so, um, what yeah, we need you to do out. then is make an athlete roll. I'm just going for a wee. Okay. Oh, I meant I meant to Before mute the mic then. The drama too much for you. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we'll need you to make an athlete roll to um, successfully. Four. Yes, it is. And I rolled ten. Can we pick a different system where it doesn't involve me rolling low? <laughs> Please? Right. <laughs> uh, what, what do you think a roll high system, you'd, you'd always succeed then? You wouldn't oh, have any problems. Let's do this right, yes. <laughs> it's not easy, um, but you do manage to unhook yourself and you're sort of hanging on there with the, with the rope sort of untied you've managed to haul yourself up just enough to give yourself some slack I'm and, you're under, and this looks a little further down than I thought it was <laughs> you, you sort of you slip a little you, you, you're planning on lowering yourself as much as possible I don't sort of arm's length and go. but in fact once you've got yourself untied you're just trying to get into position and the rope goes through your gloved hands it's just too hard to grip onto uh, you do land rather heavily but you're not seriously injured. Um, it, well, like it I certainly... fall on my bum and it, you know, embarrassingly... The, yeah, the, the, equipment, <laughs> the equipment seems okay. Um, you don't feel that the actual outfit's been damaged or anything. Um, once you sort of get your, your breath back, a quick check shows that the, the glass hasn't cracked or anything like that. There's no obvious sign of any... It's a pain to get myself up again, really. <laughs> um, you, well, it is a bit of a pain. You literally... Um, just sort of battered on sorry I'm quickly uh yeah effectively you've you've got bruising as yeah. far as the system is concerned which means you know relatively little um effectively you are hurt to the extent you're stiff and a little slow but otherwise unharmed recovering yeah a bit a day bruised or two. and shaken <laughs> yeah very much bruised now the only thing with bruised is that it is of course a bit of a stepping stone to further injury if yeah. you get if you, if you keep getting bruised it's going to have a an effect on you. Do I have to know? Oh, what did you roll, Amelia? Yeah, jot, jot down that you're bruised. Yeah. What, what did you roll, Amelia? Take a guess. Eleven? Ten. <laughs> okay, well, that's, a, that's an improvement. We'll get you down soon enough. So, I'll just open makes... my can of Fosters here. Let's have... <laughs> you're, not showing, you're not showing taste in your drinking. No, we're a bit low on alcohol in the house. Uh, not that there's anything Desperate wrong with a nice can of the Amber Nectar. If anyone I, from the Foster's Corporation... When you say the Amber Nectar, you're still talking about lager, yes? <laughs> you're taking the piss now. 
I think you are. That was quick. Yeah, See? That was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm imbibing. The... I've, I've tasted Foster's. It's disgusting. Well, to me, all lagers are much the... If you lived so in a shit hell like Australia, you wouldn't give a 4X what you'd drink either. No, that dark um, lager stuff that Riddle's had from his home brewery. Well, that was more Ooh. ale, really. Yeah, that was I just, La- all Star? lager is pretty much... Tastes yeah. the same. It's like an alcohol delivery system. Doesn't taste like nice. Not very nice. Some of the Belgian ones are all right. Some of the slightly fancier Belgian ones. Oh, left. Like, like the detectives. Um, so, <laughs> um, it's like having a conversation with sort of an autistic person who's actually having a conversation with someone you can't hear. <laughs> Just, you're desperately trying to catch up because you're sure that it's it's, it's making sense, but not necessarily to you. <laughs> so, I don't know whether to be insulted or flattered. No, but I'm pretty I'm, sure I should I'm, be insulted. I, be insult. I, I, I don't insult you, Nick. You're a wonderful man. Um, <laughs> oh. Let me just mute the mic. Oh, I'm, I'm overcome. <laughs> um, right. So, um, I, so well, currently, just... I'm halfway down the. The, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I, I hear a thump, but I don't hear a thump you at all. Do you're I? in a sort of self-polite position, and the first thing that you know is that the rope below you suddenly has no weight on it. It's completely oh, Christ slack. alive! I'll um I'll sub- shimmy you down know, as quickly as I can. Thankfully, not connected to Lady Valentine. <laughs> well, exactly. That's why I say it. I'll shimmy down the rope as fast as I can. Shimmy. You should be able to see my light moving around though. Well, if you can loop down... You, you could be thrashing down. down in the throes of an epileptic seizure for all I Twisting know. over and over as you tumble to your doom. Yeah. <laughs> but you're not, actually, no. You've just managed oh, to sort of... God, I knew up. I shouldn't have let her go first, bloody hell. I'm it's just, just like myself what up happened back in little and... <laughs> Right. Um, I'll give you one second to think of something that might be quite important, Amelia, and if you don't, you can roll for it. Um, I'm having a look round and checking what the ground underneath me is. Oh, OK, then. Just, well, it could case, be squishy and muddy. For, Le- I could be sinking Le- into Lieutenant mud. Lieutenant Bates, for, would you just make a mind roll for me, please? So you don't land on me. Ah, now you've realised. Because <laughs> I'm going to get to the end of the rope probably before I realise it. <laughs> oh, crap. At nine. Nine? Okay. Um, <laughs> Lady Valentine gets to her feet. She's she's a bit battered. And immediately gets flattened by a giant. Uh, second later, uh, <laughs> arriving very smoothly and professionally, the form of uh, Lieutenant Bates basically punches her to the floor with his huge <laughs> feet. Take that, you moon bastard! Oh, I'm terribly sorry, Lady <laughs> Uh You realise you've, you've hit something, and it, it doesn't take you long to realise that the figure underneath you, because you're, you're, you're effectively coming down backwards, you can't yes. see what you're coming down to. Um, the, the figure underneath you is indeed uh, Lady Valentine. Not hurt, and thankfully you haven't broken anything. But the two of you can reconnect if you need to apologise. Oh, I'm dreadfully sorry, Lady Valentine. I, uh, I, I felt the rope go slack. I just want to get her as quickly as possible. I'm, I'm, I'm awfully sorry. I, I really do apologise. Yes. I, I can't yes, apologise enough. I'm, I'm really, I'm not. I, I, I'm normally a perfect granted, gentleman. I'm taking it for granted, by the way, that you've connected the extra rope and come down on that rather than just having slid off. Just the dropped end. off the <laughs> end. <laughs> so, so before, <laughs> before anybody, please don't make me your mind roll for that. No, before anybody, because you said this was your plan, so before anybody goes on the forum saying, oh, actually, I don't think they can go up that road. Well, we can jump up 20 feet anyway, so there we are. Possibly can, like a demented kangaroo. (laughs) (laughs) And that worked so well for my last character. 
Right, let's uh, let's look around. Are you oh, hurt, Lady Valentine? Um, just just a little bruised, well? I think. But, uh... Did you? What happened? Did you fall off the rope? Was my knot not good enough? I'm I'm really no, no, sorry. No, no, the, dis- the distance was slightly further than I realised when I dropped. That's all. Oh. Okay, I, I'm really sorry. Uh, you you take a moment to uh, no, you know, reduce fine. reduce um, your I'm hysteria, fine. and I'll uh, I'll look round. No, no, <laughs> just calm down. <laughs> calm down. <laughs> If you, you weren't in a spacesuit, I'd slap you right now. Sorry, no, I, I, I thought you were hurt. I was rather flustered. I'm right, sorry. We, we should we should have a look around while we're down here. Well, that's the plan, isn't it? I'll I'll protect you. You you look around. Right, I think possibly we should both look around as we both have torches. Right, okay, we'll both look around. Yeah. I will just remind you, you've got a limited amount of oxygen while you're chatting away. <laughs> um. And I remember we've got a limited amount of oxygen, Lady Valentine. So oh, yes, yes. Uh, we've got these little watch things. That yeah, all right, cut the suits. chatter. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bit abrupt, isn't it? What is right. it? Is it a room just, just to one side of you, uh, there is a rather large bronze cage that's quite clearly smashed into the floor and then sort of fallen over, and this. Um, some sections of uh, rope, actually. There's a heavy chain on top of the uh, uh, of the, the cage and sort of spread around. And there so this are was what was at the other end of the chain. What did the cage look like it was built to hold? Is it like a, a people cage or a, a, it, a, an all cage? It looks like a lift cage. You right. would expect okay. it to hold several people. Right, right, so it's sort of about, you know, eight foot tall, and, you know, rectangular shaped. And... and soft as a downy chick. Sorry, that's a different song. <laughs> <laughs> Got a um, sort of obvious I've had that said know, about me. door in the front, you know. Yeah, if you were to sort of reconstruct it, it would basically form a cage with a, a door with a simple latch. Yeah. It's not it's not something that you can lock someone into. It's quite clearly designed to voluntarily go in and out of it. Yeah. Any skeletons or anything here? Uh, yes, certainly a couple of dozen. Um, no sign of any particularly fancy clothes or anything like that. Some tactical fragments of... You know, In the cage the or just at the bottom of the... Um, well, there's a couple around the, the, the cage area, but there are quite a few uh, just all over the place, really. Um, what you can't see is any other way of getting there are no obvious exits apart from further shafts into the ground. How does so, the it, how does the chain look like it's broken? Is it any marks or is it just broken? How are you on um, metallurgy and engineering and things? I'll, I'll be look. honest. I'll be honest, Captain. Bloody awful. I'll have mm. a look. That's that's why I, I brought the chick. You might, you might want to you might want to defer to the dame. <laughs> Uh, Lady Valentine, could you see how that chain got got all busted oh, yes, good, up? Good, good idea, Lieutenant. Oh, well, well, meanwhile, meanwhile, I shall take a photograph of the uh, situation. Yes, you deal with the photographs. <laughs> God, don't actually... touch it. Bloody <laughs> hell, how did you manage to do that? You've only had it for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll examine the chains and the, where it broke off from the game. Yeah, make a roll. God. Three! <laughs> now it's not important. Now, obviously, yeah, no, it doesn't matter. these things are of immense antiquity. Yeah. Um, but you're looking at it; it's wear and tear and metal fatigue. That f- clearly, this thing should have been replaced long, long before it gave way. This isn't a sudden failure. This is something that they've been using well beyond any safety tolerances. 
where it's just um, literally just stress. It's not rusted. It is. It's it not... is. Well, no, because it's it's bronze. So there, there's not a, a huge amount of evidence of um, uh, of any kind of decay in that sort of sense. Right. But the, it, the the metal is worn well beyond the point where anybody who knows what they're doing should have replaced it. So it was probably knackered, and then after everybody died off, it just fell apart. No, no. This the the reason this has fallen apart. Um, this has definitely happened. You would say at a similar sort of time, uh, it's happened in use. Right. You know that you, you you think that this is a case of something that's it's it's very very old. Probably predates the um, the extinction of the population by quite some considerable time. Oh, right. But there's come a point when there's been no maintenance done. If you look at some of the other links, they're in much better shape. And it's it's as if they haven't done consistent maintenance after a certain point. There's also quite a bit of rope around here, you've noticed, some very long ropes. Very, very fragile. They so haven't I think it probably well it broke and they were just making do amend whilst... That would be your, yeah. be your estimation, yeah. Um, whether it's down to a lack of knowledge or a lack of materials, but certainly these people had the ability to build a very, very elaborate... Um, and then and, suddenly and lost the ability strong. to maintain it. And then that's gone. The, the, something's happened that they can no longer maintain it. Right. I'll point this um, out to the left You're, you're very there. confident in that uh, assessment. You're saying they descended into savagery or something? Well, either that like. or they were too busy dealing with something else to actually have the time to do it. I mean, Some it, other threat, think, maybe. Yes, they either had some sort of plague or war or... But if you're on a war footing, this kind of thing takes precedence, presumably. So. Well... Depends. I mean, they might have been using the metal for something else. Ah, good point. Well made. Are there any? When you said there were other shafts, do you mean other? Sh there are other shafts leading down. Um, there's an awful lot of yeah. smashed pottery in this place. Um, quite a lot of bones are, are broken, and um, the there's been a lot of pottery that's been smashed when the, the, the cage has come down by the look of it. But other things you know, fallen off shelves and so forth. They're all very similar. If you if you start sort of reconstructing the larger fragments just quickly. So it doesn't look do like the kitchen pots we went past. No, they, they look more a bit more like sort of uh, or amphora of a sort almost. Although the right. flat base so they will stand up on their own. Um, but there are there are a few intact ones around as well. Lieutenant, I think this might have been where they stored whatever it's they were mining or perhaps whatever they were using down below. I don't know, Any trace of it left? Anything left within these uh, these old Is there pots? anything in the pots? No, there isn't. And they're a funny shape for storing something like ore or metals. Um, much or more oil, likely perhaps. it's it's uh, a liquid or perhaps a grain, something like that. But there's no there's no traces of anything, any oily residue. There's no fragments of grain or anything. Maybe this breaking was the start of the reason they all died up there? Could that be possible? Was there something so damn important down here that it that wiped well, out the this, whole this civilization? Something that kept their economy going. I mean, it's obviously very important because it was under this pyramid. But then, why didn't they maintain this chain? They must have had a backup. Or... There's, a, there's only one pyramid on the moon, is there, John? That's where there's only there. one pyramid that has been found, but the moon right. has not been completely surveyed. However, right. it's so big. You would have assumed the red graves would have spotted another one on the fly pass. They certainly found this very quickly. Are there any pulleys over the other shafts? I mean, is there any way of seeing how they would have got down the other shafts? Yep, rather smaller um, 
if you're looking further down, two of them are actually quite a bit smaller than the main one, um, perhaps half as far across. And you'd estimate a couple of hundred feet deep before you can see what looks like rock at the bottom. Are the capstans windable? You up. can you can certainly rig a rope quite easily so that you can get down there and back. Yes, I'm still here, Google. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I yes, don't know you... what you have to do to make it think you're still there, but I don't carry on. Well, if it was a Samsung phone, it would just know. It'd be watching all the time, which is the creepiest feature a phone has ever had. <laughs> How do we know Google isn't? <laughs> Honestly, all they need to do is fit one of those new Samsung phones with the voice of howl from 2001 <laughs> and it will creep everybody out that's why we turned our connect off because sometimes when it was turned off it, it would you. follow you around the room <laughs> so so we unplugged it when you say follow you around the room you don't mean you go for a cup of tea turn around <laughs> it'd be right behind there, <gasps> what are you doing Nick <laughs> stop Nick <laughs> I'm just making a cup of tea I can't let you do that <laughs> Oh my god, I thought Siri was creepy. <laughs> Siri is creepy. Well, it's also a bit pointless. Siri, Siri is creepy. I'd, I'd like you to recommend a restaurant in this region. I can only do that if you live in Seattle. Yes, <laughs> yes. yeah, it is. <laughs> so I'm sure it works brilliantly for any Americans, but the fact it doesn't actually work anywhere else is a slight handicap. I haven't really got to grips with it. The first day I got it, I tried sending Kerry, you're a cock. And um, <laughs> she, she randomly got a message saying Euro Park, and she thought, "What, what the hell's Euro Park?" I don't think it's completely. And have you reported to British people? Either. Have you reported this fault to Apple? <laughs> no, but I should do it. I was trying to tell my wife what a cock she was. <laughs> when in fact it was suggesting a holiday. Absurd. <laughs> Now she won't stop going on about bloody Euro Park. Mm. Thinks it's on Valentine's supper. Um, anyway, uh, so we yeah. want to try down one of these shafts then and well, find out think, what it was they were mining. Safe to carry on further descents. Well, we're here, aren't we? There's nowhere else to go. Well, yes, there are certainly. there are three options. There are the two smaller shafts, and there is the third, which is still smaller than the the main one that you've come down, but is bigger than these other two. And appears to go oh, further so down. In fact, that one is fitted with a, a capstan pulley and a cage. All appears to be intact. So yeah. that looks to be the safest yes, one. Yes, whichever the safest one is. Would go for but, but we're going to have to separate each Two other. Two are smaller, and this third one with the cage fitted is larger. So they so are the larger not one, identical. The larger one's got to be the one to go for, hasn't it? There's no way of one of us has got to stay up here and work the capstan, haven't we? Yeah, I've got to say, is there any way of... There's not really any way of doing that. The only alternative way of doing it is to try and belay yourself down on rope, but you don't know how deep it is. Mm. No, I think, and we, we didn't bring a lot more rope, did we? So. Not probably enough. Pretty much at the end, you've probably got one coil of rope left to... Um, I think you have four coils in, in the beginning. Yes. Because I'm not sure one of us could actually... Wind a capstan with somebody in the cage. Well, this is a smaller one, though, isn't it? Could, could do you think this could be handled by one of us, John? I would say no. Because um, he's got the weight lifters. Yeah. So. It's possible that one person, I mean, of the two of you, most likely Lieutenant Bates, could lower it down safely with someone inside. Not wind it back up. But winding it back up is going to be touch and go. You'd think it's probably hard going. 
Does mm. it not have a ratchet? I mean, I presume it has a ratchet so it doesn't slip back on itself when you're winding it up. It does, but that doesn't mean that you can just keep it going can click still by click. It. If you can't no. push it, that extra click on, and it's going to be a, a lot of effort. Yeah. So okay. it's... that loses up lots of oxygen. Yes. Yeah. yeah good point. It's, good point. It's difficult. Okay. Shall we try one of the smaller shafts? Because we, we can see the bottom, can't we, though? Yeah. So that's not quite so far. You think so, yeah. Well, let's try one of those. I'll, well, let's uh, drop another flare down and see what we can see. Stronger. Yeah, okay, yeah. They can won't you... see that above, will no. they? No, well, they might see the light, but it won't look any different, really, than your no. uh, chest right, light. So right. they wouldn't see... Cause you, you're planning to drop a, a flare directly. Yes, yeah. That would be yeah. very obvious. Um, dropping a flare down... Starts to ignite and then we release it. We find out they were mining TNT from the inside. <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> it's, it's, it's a gigantic hydrogen deposit. Yeah. Um, they, you'd, you'd estimate two to three hundred feet at most is the, the depth. Still here. quite a way. And then it appears to hit solid rock. You can't see any evidence that it opens out below. This looks like a straight shaft that hits it could just be a quite mining a shiny rock. So it's a mining shaft, presumably. Hard to say. Um, the so rock, at the, rock at the bottom of it. I mean, looking at where the, the uh, flare is sitting, <laughs> it doesn't look like the kind of chalky. Sorry, there's a Mrs. Peel behind you. That's why we keep. She just appeared out the window. It's, it's strange. Yeah, well, she, she does that. I'm used to it. Uh, it doesn't look like the same as if the floor is made of the same stuff as the sides does of the Does it shed. definitely look like solid, though? It's not. Well, it's sitting on it. It's not sort of, you no. know, gently. Well, we, we should get a sample of that, if nothing else, shouldn't we? We did bring the wheel. We did bring the wheelbarrow, didn't we? Yeah. So um, how are we going to get down there? You the didn't chain? bring the wheelbarrow down here, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. Um, it's going to be hard to get down that shaft. It's going to be hard to get back up the shaft with the cage in it. So, well, what do you suggest, Lady Valentine? Could you maybe lower me down the shaft and then pull me back up on the chain, the smaller shaft? Uh, I could try. Yeah, uh, I suppose I could brace it. Is there any way I could or, tie or that you, rope to if the? You, you think you could climb down the chain? I could climb down the chain. That's a good point. Because I, I wouldn't be able to climb down, but. Um, so yeah, if we yeah. lower the cage right to the bottom of the main no, no, shaft, the, sm the smaller one. The smaller is there shaft. a cage on the smaller shafts as well? Yeah, it's at floor level. Oh, okay. Well, I'll uh, I'll quickly shimmy down the. Uh, it's completely chain. intact. Yeah, so you could actually just climb down the chain. Okay, I'll do that. So you you can lower that down to the bottom and then go down the chain, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, that's the plan, yeah. I'll wait okay. up here and Well, to be honest, I might as well, you might as well lower me down in it and then I'll climb back up. Oh I'm not sure I could lower you down and to the cage there, Letting. That might be a bit heavy. Oh, okay. I keep forgetting you're a girl. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> well, unless he wants to descend rather rapidly. Okay, little lady. <laughs> I'll shimmy, shimmy down the chain. He, he's into this shimmying. <laughs> right, so the two of you are lowering the cage down, and then you're going to, and I quote, shimmy down the chain. Is that right? Yep. He is, yes. Okay. <laughs> With a rope tied around me. Yes. Is that possible? So that if yeah, I fall, at least good. you can just bash me into the wall a few times. Yeah, I'll tie the other end At the least attempt to haul me up. <laughs> yeah, there you are. That might work. Yeah, or possibly 
just a suggestion, the lieutenant might like to tie the rope himself rather than allowing somebody who doesn't know how to tie <laughs> rope to it. That's up to you. <laughs> uh, I, uh, well, just a second there, Lady Valentine. Yeah. Let me, uh... I'll give that a go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm still here. Right then. Uh, you, though I the might not be in a second. The two of you... Oh, you may be here for quite some time. Getting out. <laughs> well, that's right. I might be here for the rest of my life. I'll start lowering sandwiches down. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the astronaut just shuffling back and forth with a packed lunch. <laughs> and some oxygen. Yeah. Lieutenant Bates, we've got to head back to Earth. We've forgotten the scotch eggs for you. Ever so sorry. <laughs> right. Between the two of you, you can lower this cage down and... You sort of imagine it hitting the the floor and making a booming sound, but of course you you couldn't possibly have heard anything. Does it any Does it cloud dust, or anything? Yeah, yeah. It's make dust like the other. No, book. no, no sign of dust. Okay, okay. All right, um, so I'll uh, smoke me a kibber, Lady Valentine. Sorry. <laughs> smoke me a kibber. I'll be I, back I, for. You can't eat it in here. Oh, don't ruin my macho comment. It's possible that he's, you know, running out of oxygen or something. He seems to be hallucinating. <laughs> Would you like to make a roll on your athlete caving, Lieutenant Bates? Yes, but I may well lie and tell you two, whatever I roll. Uh, seven? Seven? You don't sound very confident that you roll seven. Uh, oh, no, I'm confident I've rolled seven. I'm not confident that that's uh, good enough. It is. It's mm-hmm. relatively straightforward lowering yourself down here for about 100 feet, at which point you stop. You are nowhere near the bottom of the shaft, but you've come to the end of the rope that you've attached to yourself. Yes, OK. I'm going to have to climb down the chain, aren't I? Yep. Can I see anything at the bottom, any closer or anything? Right. From where you are now, you can twist yourself around so that you can look down. And you reckon you can make out the top of the uh, the cage... Based on how much chain you were estimating you were lowering, you reckon that you've possibly got another 250 or 300 feet to go. Bloody hell. It's okay. a long way down. Yeah, but on the moon, as we discussed in an earlier episode, we, we yeah. probably have a non-terminal terminal velocity, so I may just fracture my legs. Or possibly you may that. just fracture the faceplate or oxygen hose. That would uh, that would be unfortunate. Not safety glass. Terminal <laughs> velocity means something quite different when you're wearing a spacesuit. <laughs> well, I wouldn't hit the ground with enough impact to kill me, but I may still die. Die a horrible, lingering death as your oxygen slowly leaks out. Plus, and you can s- die just falling five feet, really, can't you? So, uh... Uh, well, you can um, if you're if you're you know uh, standing on the edge of a volcano or something. <laughs> um, I will uh, untie the rope and uh, climb down the chain. Lady Valentine, the rope has quite obviously gone slack. Can I see him? You can, because... He's not obviously plummeting, you know. No, to climb down, he basically has to turn around so he's mostly facing upwards, so you can see his I can see that he's untied, so he's obviously quite happy to untie Uh, himself. He is, you would say, going at a steady pace, so he looks all right. It's a bit alarming, but he's he's gone there. Well, there's not so much Um, I could do if he does fall, so... No. 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 The question is, can you actually climb to safety? So you are. <laughs> let's let's move down to lieutenant then. You're down. Oh, why the, have uh, we put ourselves in a position where we're we now party. entirely dependent on <laughs> dice rolls? <laughs> We've entirely split the party. <laughs> we 
might be splitting right. them into even smaller components at this <laughs> There are... This is another room about the same size as the, the two that were above it. Possibly a little smaller, this one. It's not quite as tall, and it's maybe... A bit hard to tell because you're just using the, the chest light, of course, but it's maybe two-thirds of the distance across that the other rooms were. Um, it, there are three shafts in here. But well, these, all going down, further down. Sha- yeah, all shafts going further down. But looking oh. into them, these have all got small hand winches rather than the bigger capstans and chains. And um, one of them is actually wound all the way to the top, and it's got a bronze bucket. Uh-huh. It's, it's not this is what they were mining. Or digging for, anyway. Anything in the bucket? No, but it certainly lowers down into the well. I shall winch it right down into the bottom of the shaft. Mm-hmm. And then presumably Wait winch it back to up. hear for a splash, and then realise that I'm never going to hear a splash, and then say, winch it back up again. Yep. Uh, it's funny. I mean, it's very hard to tell, because obviously these outfits that you're wearing pretty much kill any sound anyway. You could have sworn you heard a splash, but obviously that's impossible. Uh, when, yeah, you, that's when you bring it back up, it's definitely heavier, and it does in fact have a little bit of water. Not very much, but there is some water at the bottom of it, and it's very cold, and you're not quite sure, but it looks a little bit like there's some condensation on the outside of uh, your um, viewing plate. What are you standing on? Condensation? As in, there's, there's, there's an atmosphere. Don't you need looks, air for condensation? It looks a little bit like there's condensation on your viewing plate on the outside. If only I knew any of this science, Malarkey. <laughs> um, if I hold my breath and open my face plate... <laughs> Will I die? You might freeze to death. Well, I'm not going to freeze to death instantly, am I? Let me think back to the technical manual. The technical manual I always use in these circumstances is, of course, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, (laughs) which I believe states that with a deep breath you can survive for 30 seconds. Uh, if I if I if all the air shoots out of my spacesuit and I shut the visor very quickly, I would get more air. I wouldn't yeah. use all the air out of my tank, would it? No, the suit, right? The suit isn't full of air. Your head These, helmet's full of air. The helmet is where all the air is. The suit's got a little bit of air that bleeds into it, but it's designed not to inflate effectively. Now, is so my character is you would lose a small amount of air? Whatever atmosphere is out there will certainly touch your skin and will affect you. But if right. you close the thing again, as long as it's not an extremely poisonous or corrosive atmosphere that you've then trapped some of in your suit. It will repopulate with oxygen. Oh, I've got no science knowledge whatsoever, but, but you I'm are thinking an indefatigable that... British soldier. <laughs> I am thinking that you can't get condensation without, or is that yeah. just water? Is that just water? Huh. But where's it dripping and from? Where, I'm going to I'm going to flick the side of the bucket. Is it metal? It's bronze. And see if I hear anything. Hmm, you think so? It's faint, it's faint it. of course. Because so you may not know science, but on the basic training for the mission, you would have been told if there's well, no air. Well, I know we can't hear, hear sound. and it, we can't hear because there's no air. Yeah. I mean, you've got practical experience of that, that when you were on the surface of the moon, you couldn't you hear each hear other. Anything, yeah. You could kick something, you could watch a huge explosion take place that would kill a man, except you didn't see that, but, you know, it would, <laughs> nobody would be able to hear any of that. So what I don't know is whether there's such a thing as 
liquid oxygen? Is that even possible? Could that have been what... That's why they all died outside this pyramid, because they ran out of oxygen? Could that... Would that make any kind of sense? Might do. Might not. Does it make sense to you? <sighs> it makes sense to me, but I'm just making that up as a as a, a Johnny-come-lately kind of squared or devilishly handsome chap at the bottom of a pit. Yes, Sorry, I've got, been, a bit, I've got to be carried away like into a, myself. Like a devilishly handsome corpse, is there? <laughs> right, you are standing in a room with three wells... One of which appears to still hold some water. You don't know about I'll winch, winch another one There are stone one tables nearby with row after row of these porcelain jugs that are the same sort of design as the ones upstairs. You I will pour some of the water. Of I'll pour some of the water into a porcelain jug. Right. It's a bit hard to see out of your um, face plate because of the condensation on it, but I'm assuming you can wipe that away with the back of your hand, yes? Yep. Okay. yep. Uh, you wipe that clear. Pour some of the uh, the water out, and it looks like a clear water-like liquid. It, it seems to pour in the same way. You'd swear you can hear it, but it's I mean it's all very faint. It's extremely hard to hear anything, even on Earth, in these outfits. Okay, I'll fill this jug up. Well, that's gonna, I'll put, that's I'll, gonna take several. I'm, not, I'm just going to put what's in one bucket into the jug. Right. It's probably got no more than three quarters of a pint from what you picked up. I don't want it too heavy, because I need to climb up with this strap to my back somehow. And it is a porcelain jug. Yeah, so um, I'll just put another bucket load in. Yep, there are um, a few symbols on there, um, and there's different symbols on each one, you notice. It only takes a cursory glance to tell that. And they, they probably hold ooh, maybe three quarters of a gallon, something like that. Different symbols on each jug. How big Different are the jugs? Yeah. Are they about like amphora size, you're saying? About three quarters of a gallon. Yeah, six, seven pints. I don't like. work in them. Um... <laughs> what is that in litres, no sorry? <laughs> Do you know what that is in litres by any chance? I don't know no. what it is in litres either. How many pints is it? I get to pints and then I stop. I've got no idea. It's, it's, it's probably six or seven pints you'd estimate. So right. about three or four <laughs> litres. So about a big... A double-sized Coke bottle. So that's maybe 20 or or maybe even two dozen bowls of cereals worth of milk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Does that help? (laughs) I work in metric because it makes more bloody sense. Because we haven't been in Empire for a hundred years. You'll be telling me you don't work in Fahrenheit next. Um... Uh, I work in Celsius. Sorry. Um, I so how Don't so it's call it centigrade. Oh, you it's about a massive. Um, it's like a massive Coke bottle, like a double sized Coke bottle. Yeah, it's that, very that's, Yeah. So I can strap one to my back. Can I? You can. They've got um, they've got handles. As long as you're so careful. There's plenty I'll of room tie in the one. Shaft. Can Don't I tie the shaft, one? The shaft's about twenty feet across, so you're not going to be scraping up the side of it. So I could just up. tie one to my belt and leave it sort of dangling down and climb up, because it's not that heavy, is it? No. no. Do they have lids? No. Nope. Yeah, uh, no lids. I'll take another empty one if I can. Yeah, you can do that. And uh, jot down on my chalkboard all the other symbols that I can see. Well, they are all different combinations of symbols. I mean, you'll occasionally see the same symbol show up on several, but you've not seen the same combination on any. Do the pots look any different 
other wise, the, other the, than the, the symbols. It, you know, it's a bit like when you go into some of those pubs where all the regulars have their own tankard and yeah. they're all marked. You know, it's it's like right. that. They're all so they're all the very, same, but they're all individualised. Well, I'd better check this water stuff is down the other shafts as well because it's three different shafts. So I'll mm-hmm. try another shaft. And if there's no bucket on that, I'll detach the one from the one that I've already used. No, they've all got the same arrangement. Um, one comes up, it's a little gritty, very little water in there, and it's as if you're right at the bottom of the well. The third one, very much like the first. So enough, it's the same stuff down enough every Enough to shelf. get a small amount of this liquid, which certainly looks like water, it acts like water. Um, but it's not getting a full bucket's worth, so clearly the if it is a, just a, a water well it's not filled up as much as it should be. So I've got some theories as to what happened here, but I'll leave that to the experts. I'll just strap it on my back and shimmy up the chain. You see, at this point, Lady Valentine's <laughs> there. She might be pointing out the problem with taking water up to a non-atmospheric area. Oh, it's just going to boil away, isn't it? But I wouldn't know that, so <laughs> never mind. So, clambering up, uh, would you mind making me a roll, please, Lieutenant Bates? I do enjoy making a play of a roll, thing. <laughs> I never normally do this sort of thing. Strangely Six. Yep. It's um, it's not easy. On the first dice, and no. <laughs> <laughs> and seven on the other, which is quite astonishing. Um, it's made more difficult by the fact you're being very, very careful with these, yes. and you're having to put a bit more effort in the arms rather than the legs. I was going to say, I'll keep glancing down, but there's no... I can't, can I? Because there's no way I could check. You have to totally manoeuvre yourself. No, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. If you were going to de- devise a suit that made it as difficult as possible to go spelunking, uh, you'd have come up with the Redgrave dependable <laughs> I'll, I'll have words with Lord Redgrave when I see him again about improvements. you alive, it is a pain in the arse. <laughs> Anyway, it takes you quite some time, and it's a lot more effort than you would have imagined, but you do get yourself back up top. And obviously Lady Valentine has been getting a little nervous till she started seeing a light coming back up. The, uh... Well, the rope would have gone a bit slacker then. Uh, Could you both roll 1d6 for me, please? Tell me what you get. Six. <laughs> It might be good this Of time course you got to. Uh, two. Everything's fine, apparently. Uh, I'll plug myself into Lady Valentine. Not right. in not in the normal biological way, but with our uh, with our telephone exchange. Uh, Lady Valentine, I, uh, there are a few wells down there which held... I think it was water, but you know, I swear I could hear things down there. Now, call me an idiot, but I think that means there was an atmosphere down there. Well, yes. You do notice, <laughs> Don't grin like that when I say call me. <laughs> call me an idiot. Oh, me first. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> One at a time. Uh, it does actually look, Lady Valentine, as if he's got a bit of condensation on the glass and metallic parts of his outfit. A wipe with a small smiley face on it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Is, is there anyone else up there that can come down? Uh, okay, well, Lord Waitgrave did say there was uh, pockets of atmosphere below the surface. We must reach far enough down. That's very so interesting. how about these moon chaps were mining atmosphere to bring to the oh, surface? Oh, I hope you're not wearing moon chaps. <laughs> <laughs> yes, assless moon chaps. No, anyway. Chaps are assless anyway. Surely moon chaps by definition. <laughs> um, 
Maybe these moon fellas uh, were mining atmosphere and bringing it to the surface. Is that even possible, or is that just a crazy notion, Lady Van? Oh, some sort of liquid oxygen would end up interesting. Sure didn't I learn back when I was a, uh, a nipper that there was... Or would I even have, because we didn't know then, and I don't know anything about yes, science. Is oxygen in water? Oh, yes, Do we yes. know I mean, what that, oxygen is? actually partly produced the oxygen on the astronaut. Yeah, I remember there was a big water tank on the astronaut. That well, Murgatroyd was very annoyed when I was going to take a leak in it, so uh, perhaps, it was <laughs> perhaps that was something to do with it. Yes, I mean, what, what are the jugs you brought up, by the way? Uh, nice I've got a nice, I've got a nice yeah, pair nice. of jugs here. Yeah. For, <laughs> um, these 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 were lined. <laughs> these were lined up down there. Um, I did notice that the other wells down there, and there were three from Australia. Were, 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 <laughs> oh, I did notice that the the other wells down there. Well, they were drying so up. Stressed, right? yeah. <laughs> no, Aus- Australia. Carry on. So um, he's demonstrating his Afrikaners. Oh, I see. <laughs> I did know this dead other wells down there. Please. <laughs> I did know this. It's as if you point the setting to one thing, but inside it's twisted a bit further and it goes to another one. <laughs> Carry on, that's very good. I couldn't help but notice, Lady Valentine, that the other wells were drying up down there. Now, I've got a theory that maybe the uh, the atmosphere itself was drying up. If yes, these people were sense. used to the atmosphere coming out of the pyramid... Wouldn't they all crowd round it, waiting for oxygen, and then just sort well, yes, of that, that's a pop their clogs as the, as the oxygen ran out? Yes, yes, that makes perfect sense. Okay. But what, why did you bring the amphora up? We, we had more of those upstairs. There's well, this one's got here. some. Uh, this one's got some of the water in it. Um, no, it hasn't. Yes, it has. It will have. Yeah. It's got some liquid. Very, very not much, but there is there is still some liquid in there. What a tiny amount. Well. You know, um, yeah. certainly a mug full. Yeah. Uh, is that less than when I put it in? Well, yes, obviously. You, I mean, you probably you spilled a bit on the way up. Yeah, I swear there was more than that, Lady Valentine, but it I was swinging. boiled off. You see, that's boiled? I, ha- I hardly think it's that hot, Lady Valentine. I think perhaps you no, need a bit of a lie down. We should definitely get back to Lord Redgrave and tell him about this. Well, I mean, before we boil to death, I imagine. Could you both roll the d6 for me, please? <laughs> what, before we boil today? One. One. Oh, simultaneously, your chest lights start to flicker. Oh, shit. I mean, oh, oh I'm terribly sorry, Lady Valentine. Uh, I, I think perhaps it's time we, uh, Lady Valentine, get a hold of Yeah, we should definitely leave now. I think this, uh... Have we got any closed containers that we could put this water in, or is that... The little geological tubs. Hmm. Um, you've got nothing that's actually watertight. No. Um, not just, really, except for your spacesuits. We don't really want to be burdened down too much. Okay, time. well, we haven't got time for this chit-chat. Let's get off the rope. Um, I'll get I... to the bottom of the shaft and crush my... Oh, hang on. Oh, I've lost track of what shaft we're down now. Are we down two we're... shafts? Or... No, we're down the first shaft with the ropes at the bottom of the chain. Right. So basically, if we hang on, if we attach ourselves to the bottom of these ropes and throw the flares, we should get winched up. Right. Let's do that. Surely nothing could go wrong with this plan. Um, I'll there crush a, a flare. There is a very, very bright light behind you, just as you're reaching for a flare. In fact, it looks like a flare has been dropped down the shaft. Did you leave, leave a flare down there? 
Uh, no, they've no, dropped this is, that. This is in the room you're in, underneath the main shaft. Uh, so there's no point us setting off a flare because they wouldn't see it next to this flare. Is this a Presum- flare? Presumably off? they've dropped this flare. Why would right. they? They want us to get out as quickly as possible. Well, presumably their lights are dimming as well. Yes. Maybe. So well, I'll. Should we crush all our remaining flares to make sure they see us? Well, let's do three, and then hopefully they'll see us. Let me just be very clear about what you're doing. You're going to crush all of your remaining flares simultaneously. No, 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 no. No, let me correct my foolish character. Um, two flares as far away from that flare as we can, but still be at the bottom of the shot. They get very hot in so that you can't pick them up again, presumably. They're, they're basically, at their core, burning magnesium. Right. If you put several of them together and you have enough time, you can burn through the hull of the astronef with these things. Yeah. So it we'll kick... takes time, but it's possible. That one we'll kick their one away. Yeah. We'll kick their one away and then light our own to indicate. So it's obvious that they can see their light goes out. And then, and then we, we light another yeah. one, so they know that we are down there. Whilst we've when we strapped ourselves to the rope first. Yes, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a good point. <laughs> so, um, Lieutenant Bates, uh, rather demonstrating his old uh, soccer skills, or perhaps he was a you know rugby forward. He's a rugby man. He's a rugby uh, guy. He's perfect to the course. Um, yeah, absolutely. Perfectly kicks the uh, flare down one of the other shafts down to. Uh, um, as dark a corner as it can possibly he go to. It down a uh, yeah. Well, well, unless he doesn't want to. No, <laughs> absolutely. That's, that looks great. It's a great well, visual effect. Might want, not want to if there's oxygen. Well, well there are those shorter ones. That you I'm hardly going to set fire to oxygen, am I? Don't forget, you've already <laughs> dropped a flare down one of the shafts here. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, and it didn't go off, so yeah. Uh, so kick the thing out of the way. The room goes fairly dark as the lights are flickering, and then you light another one and drop it in position underneath the shaft. The shaft itself is big enough that you can step around this light and still have mm. it seen from above. So uh, it's just a case of the order in which you're going to uh, retreat. Lady Valentine first. Strap ourselves to get the um, chain again like we did before. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're very close to each other. We're still in phone communication, so it's not like there isn't really an order. Well, we came we just... down strapped together on the chain, so... Yeah, oh, so we sort see, of I'm together. I'm just picturing Bates there with one arm around Lady Valentine around the waist <laughs> and sort of holding the rope with his other... And I think that's how Lieutenant Bates is... That's movie. pretty yeah, much what he's picturing. Right. <laughs> when you get to the top, Lady Valentine's actually got him by the belt and it's just holding you. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I just panicked. <laughs> It's, it takes a, a couple of minutes before think, the, the rope starts to tighten, but they are actually winding you back up from... A tense uh, couple uh, of minutes. And it's a very, very slow process. Uh, just roll a d6 each again, will you? No. No, I refuse. Okay. Three, did you say? <laughs> yeah. Five. Uh, about halfway up the shaft, both of your lights go out, and apart from a little spark, they go out completely. Uh, don't worry, Lady Valentine, we've got much more oxygen than we have battery power. Lady Valentine, yours sparks back into life, but it's it's almost like just a couple of candle power now. It, it, people could perhaps see where you were, but they wouldn't. you can't illuminate it Was I expecting all. it to 
because I think it wouldn't last that long. Well, it's just unexpected that it's died off. To be honest, they haven't really been tested under moon conditions to any huge <laughs> length of time. So They've been tested know, they on Earth. Quicker. They could drain so it's possible. I mean, people have obviously used them, uh, and, and, you know, when they've been developing the ring running tests. But they, these are the first extensive field tests because Lord and Lady Redgrave didn't spend a lot of time on the surface. Um, can we yes, see the light above us? You've probably been a little bit... Uh, yes, you can. The arc yeah. lights are still on. You've probably been down here a little longer than you anticipated. Yeah, but we've been keeping an eye on our little watch things, so... Yeah, you're feeling pretty uncomfortable as far as the... I mean, the the air in the suits is starting to seem a little stale. Um, you're not having trouble breathing, but, no. you know, it, it's getting that very canned feeling to it. Yeah. Um, I knew I should have had those beans for lunch. Sweat is, you know, practically pooling around your feet. It's, yeah. it's unpleasant in here, and frankly, you could do with sorting yourself out and cleaning yourself up. But uh, you're also really quite peckish. You've definitely been gone for a while. It does take quite a while to get to the top, and as you get to the, the top of the shaft and you're, you're able to sort of um, start hauling yourself up the remaining chain, you can see that the, the figures there at the capstan are, are really... They've been working very, very hard trying to haul you back up there. People are obviously very, very tired. But you manage to clamber across towards the edge along the, uh, uh, the sort of uh, spindle that goes across the top of the shaft. Um, Lord Redgrave is is there writing something onto his board and holds it up and he points to uh, a figure and you realise that there is an extra person in the pyramid. In a Redgrave dependable breathing? In a Redgrave dependable breathing. It's a, it's a fairly short person. The only person you can think of it could be, although he's never left the ship before, is Murgatroyd. Right. Uh, I'm going to write running out of air on the blackboard. Uh, Redgrave has written emergency uh, followed by back to the ship okay let's do that that's good because yeah. we want to do that anyway yeah, we'll gather up our stuff I'll, ju- I'll just quickly people. write talk later and we'll and that's yeah. it yeah. Kiss, kiss. we found something great <laughs> yes <laughs> love uh, and hugs Redgrave is abandoning the equipment so they've got the photographic plates and that kind of stuff and it looks like uh, Lady Redgrave has got a bag with something in it um, you've got the Pottery, if you're going to take it or you can leave that behind. He's, that. he's leaving the ropes and, and wheelbarrows and everything else. He's not I'm taking the all. pottery, that's why we came. I'll take rifle, right. but probably leave anything extra that's not strapped on my belt. Right, so you've got the flares and so on, because yeah. they're just in a pouch at the belt. Um, when you get back, the astronaut appears to be very slightly listing, you'd say. It's as if it's rocked to one side. Right. Um, you, you go through getting into the airlock and getting out the other side, it seems to take forever. Um, Redgrave's uh, light is still working. Everybody else flickering a little bit. His seems to be just on the edge of, of going. Funny that oh, he gets the best one, there. Yeah. Mm. Oh, maybe it's deliberate. You, you, the good doctor, did have his theories about Lord Redgrave. <laughs> Interesting. Guy was a crackpot. Off, isn't <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Another body in your wake. <laughs> Get suspicious about Lord Redgrave dies in a strange accident. <laughs> Another corpse amongst foundations. It'd be great if that's what actually was happening. <laughs> was just killing off all these <laughs> So, Mr. Bond, you found me out. <laughs> um, yes, you eventually managed to get inside. Um, well, Redgrave gets any... People are swapping over the oxygen cylinders but not getting out of their suits. Oh, crap. Right. Okay. Uh, can, can I hear anything within the 
We'll follow Astronaut. what they're doing and then I'll you try can and... hear You can hear metallic clanks. There obviously is atmosphere in here. Okay. We probably okay. assume it's leaking or something. Yeah. yeah, Redgrave sort of plugs in and explains this to you as quickly as possible, um, one after another. There's... Um, it seems that uh, Reverend Green had indulged in some sabotage before he'd gone, and essentially there was uh, a rupture in one of the pipes, which led to a blockage in the, um, one of the valves overcompensating caused a small explosion. Now, it's enough that uh, the blast has, has rocked the astronaut slightly. It's also damaged one of the upper windows. We've got a leak in the area that we tried to repair before. The putty's almost gone. We've had to completely shut up the observation deck. We can't get up there. But unfortunately, it has damaged the seal on the dividing doors, which mean that we can't completely seal off the hull. Right. So we're going to have to stay in a breathing dress as we head back, and we're going to have to leave immediately. Please, anything you need to secure, I suggest you, such as that pottery you're carrying, uh, I suggest that you uh, secure it immediately. <laughs> and yeah, stations. I Sorry, I'm not plugged in. Um, <laughs> um, I, Are you I, I, <laughs> Oh, crap. Um, I, I will strap the pottery down carefully. Sport. I'll, we'll summarise very briefly. What? That was not an Aussie accent. <laughs> I can do an Aussie accent, mate. Don't you worry about that. Go on, that. then. <laughs> now, Cobber, I'm try, gonna... not, try not to lead with your chin, Nick. I'm good at an Aussie accent in the minute because um, I just watched you're drinking all the Mad... I just watched all the Mad Max films. Yeah, which in the first release were dubbed into a, a well, American Well, I watched the accent. Australian version. I can't believe that. The first time I saw Mad Max in America, I'm like, well, it looks like Mel Gibson, but... Where's but that voice coming from? Like <laughs> I'm sure surely good they are too. Australia. Do you know, I think Beyond Thunderdome is a, is a much maligned film. Taken on its own merits, very good. It's just, it's not really a high-octane Mad Max 2-like film. But anyway, carry on. I'll briefly summarise for Lord Redgrave what we found, but very quickly. Right. Yeah, I mean, at this stage, he's, he, you know, he's interested, but there are an awful lot of things to yes, do. Yes, yes. Um, and I'll ask if there's Megatroid disappears back into the engine room. Yeah. Um, he does need you to head down with uh, Megatroid yeah. if at all possible. Keep an eye on the systems, that's the um, At the moment, Lady Redgrave is attempting to uh, put some extra putty around the damaged dividing door that leads into the observation deck. Uh... Oh, actually, there's no point in me trying to help. I have no knowledge of that. I'll just make sure everyone's okay. Yeah, I, I mean, ideally, they would like to... Um, get back into space, deploy the aerial and send a message out. But sadly, but we've got no Morse. <laughs> yeah. And no one knows Morse, because they're more yeah, specialists. Well, you probably know basic Morse. Um, I mean, you'd be able to send an SOS or whatever, uh, or a position. But Redgrave knows a bit. He, he was able to communicate before the Doctor came on board. But unfortunately, the actual transmitter that can cover any distance is upstairs. Yeah. Okay. So the only way to get to it would be to dangerously depressurise the hole because Which we don't want to. he's assuming that things are just going to get worse on the observation deck. It's, it's not like anyone can help us anyway, so we, we're just going to get back to Earth. It's more a case of making sure somebody can be there for your position if you can't make it back to Smeaton. Yes, help have landed in the Congo or something, you know. Yeah. My God, <laughs> yeah. we're in Dagenham. <laughs> Send <laughs> help <laughs> quickly. <laughs> The horror, the horror stop. <laughs> right. um, 
to apologise to anyone from. Da no, I wouldn't. No, we don't. You um, live in Dagenham, you know. <laughs> do we have listeners in Dagenham? No idea. I've um, never been to Dagenham. I'm sure it's delightful. And silence. How sure? <laughs> Uh, I don't know why Dagenham just... But anyway, um, so, right, after a few moments, Lord Redgrave um, plugs himself into the uh, the internal communication system so he can communicate with Murgatroyd, and you feel the hum of the engines, and then you're rising up off the surface of the moon. Now, let me just check Lady Valentine's abilities here. Lady Valentine, I will need your... Oh, in fact, you've got radio communications. I've got radio communication, but I haven't got the ability to actually send more, so I can mend mm. it. I can use yeah. it. Oh, that's right. You're good with a radio. I can switch it on, but I can't use it. Yeah, you could possibly, given time, um, create something. a link from down here yeah. using the rudimentary equipment you've got. You could possibly patch things into the aerial and get a better distance than the normal uh, set up that the astronauts got, but you still can't activate the main set because that is upstairs. Um, but at this stage, that's not going to come into. I could trail a bit of string out the back and call that a you know standing. If you'd in. like to, yeah. if you'd like to work on either your mechanic or your navigation, you can do either one of those uh, to assist Murgatroyd or navigation aeronautics. Yeah, um, either one of those things. I'll go for four. Yeah. I'll assume you're helping in both areas, and this is where you're making the most critical difference. Yeah. So what was this one? Seven. Uh, seven's on my, well, aeronautics or, you know, navigation. Oh, right, right. Uh, Lord Redgrave has had to very much uh, sort of stay in one position communicating with Murgatroyd. You're racing back to one of the other hatches and looking through one of the viewing portals. You see the moon starting to fall away. Yeah. And by jotting down some observations and corrections. Just checking we're uh, going the right way. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're able to make suggestions to Lord Redgrave that he can correct the course and yeah. uh, between the two of you, because obviously you've got very limited views in this area without yeah. the observation deck, uh, you're able to get going in the right area. This is going to be critical when you come into land, because your margin for error in space is in fact much greater than your margin for error when you're approaching Yorkshire. <laughs> uh, that's a general rule to live by. Uh, Yorkshire's a much bigger place than. Anyways, your particular well, skills are, it must be said, not, not hugely relevant. No, no. I, I'm going to offer moral support to the crew. You can't but, even make tea because we can't drink it. <laughs> would, you like to make a, would you like to make a roll on your soul if you're offering moral support? Oh, God. God, you're going to start singing or something. You know what my soul is, thing. Yes. Get a move on, you shower of bastards. It's going to be the scene in Zulu where they start singing. And I've rolled a ten. No, I'm still slapping no. everyone. <laughs> After a while, um, it keeps coming across making sort of, you know, antic gestures of support. You you can see that Lord Redgrave is possibly getting a little bit short-tempered about this. <laughs> he seems to come rather red within his anyway. you, you know you are. Um, he's obviously at a loose end and wants to help, but um, everybody's getting very, very tense as he periodically comes past and mimes and does the thumbs up. Slaps on your back. Yeah, that really does help when you're there with your slide rule trying to check your calculations. Whoops! You're approaching the Earth. Um, the right side of it. <laughs> at this stage, do you care? As long as it's a green bit, not a blue bit. Right. Uh, well, oh. you're, of course you're aiming blue for Blue bits are softer, I will point out. You're aiming for pink bits. Well, most of the planet is pink. 
Right, now let's just see how our engineer and our... Whoa! Gosh, no idea where that went. <laughs> right, uh, let's just see how our engineer and our pilot do that one roll. Essentially, after a couple of very, very tense moments when you swear you can hear things shifting about upstairs and there are sort of strange... I've got a few things shifting about system. downstairs. And after a lot of discomfort, because it's going to take you something in the region of 8 to 10 hours, even on emergency power, which isn't great in a spacesuit with no plumbing. You're all quite dehydrated. I haven't had a pee for 12 hours. Oh, yes, you have. <laughs> okay. That's why it's not so pleasant. Right, I see. <laughs> Curse that biryani. They haven't obviously not invented the uh, red grave into spacesuit nappies yet, though. No, well, the, you see, the thing is, he, his assumption is you're not going to spend very long in one of these. This, Whereas this NASA was... did. Yeah. But at least my legs are nice and warm. Temporarily. Well, as long as there's an atmosphere in here, you'd be alright. Yeah, um, at the moment you are able to use some of the, <coughs> excuse me, uh, you're able to use some of the oxygen that's actually in the place. You, you haven't had to completely seal yourselves down, but you still can't get out of the suits because if you have to sort of clamp the face place shut and switch to your own oxygen, you want to be sudden. Yeah, you, you I'm going to spend the whole ten hours it. cursing Reverend Bloody Green. So you can actually have a cup of tea. You just probably don't want to. <laughs> Um, if you want to go off and, and make a drink, yeah, you'd be able to. You'd be able to. Get the last thing I need is another diuretic. <laughs> some lettuce, perhaps, or uh, um, nah, got a bit of rhubarb crumble. If you'd, like. um, you'd be able to have some liquids. You'd probably just get some water, or whatever. There, yeah, because you can't really leave your stations. But it isn't enough to stop you from feeling, you know, very dry mouth and uncomfortable, a bit of bit headachey. You're approaching at a much greater speed than you would like, but um, Lord Redgrave doesn't waver, and with your assistance on the rear portholes, so to speak, um, you do <laughs> manage to... Thank you. <laughs> to get to a, a landing in what looks suspiciously... You would say you're either in Western Africa or possibly the southwest of the United States. It's quite hot, uh, arid. And you set down, definitely Earth, definitely Earth atmosphere and Redgrave basically tells everybody to disembark. You're nowhere near any civilization at all. And in but we have got air. It's, it's another 12 or 15 hours before you're able to effect full repairs that can allow you to move on safely and in some comfort. You smarten yourselves up a bit, set off, and because you're not going out of the atmosphere, you're basically fine now. You don't have to be in this place. We've got radio contact <sighs> before we set off, I imagine. Uh, no, you can't get a decent radio signal where you are at all, and it's only really once you're heading towards some of the major cities that the rather limited backup um, right, yeah. systems that you've got start to pick anything up. On top of that, you haven't got a real expert at the help. Ironically, if Dr. Oh, Crowther had been with you, shame, he, he would have been able to get a signal out earlier, because he was so good, he could have just teased it out of the ether. <laughs> you return at Smeaton, they do get some warning that you're on the way. People are obviously extremely tense because it's been radio silence for quite some time. Um, but you do get back. And the upshot of it is, is that there's going to be a lot of um, fallout in the press and so on, but 
since Lord Redgrave owns quite a lot of the press, you have basically been to the moon with Rupert Murdoch. Um, <laughs> but obviously a nice... Oh my <laughs> gosh! Why did you tell um, us that? We would have fired him out of the spaceship at the moment. So. Yeah, Not that I would consider doing that to Rupert Murdoch or any of his wonderful of, companies. Oh, bloody hell, I would. No, that was that. the other bloke who fell off um, the yacht. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Interesting. Was he one of Redgrave's competitors? <laughs> now, let's... <laughs> as we rec- Obviously, the situation with um, Reverend Green is of, you know, a, a tremendous interest to the, to the public. But the overall... The um, expedition is regarded as a success. You're naturally all hailed as heroes, uh, particularly uh, the heroic well, descent into the We don't have to the tell them what happened with Reverend Green. I well, suppose Reverend Grave would. The, the Reverend's Flat Earth movement does struggle on for some time, but public opinion is completely against them, and of course the weight of scientific opinion, because you've come back with evidence from another planet. Well, it's not a planet, but you know what I mean. A satellite. Uh, yes, yeah, a rock. Um, we've already got evidence of previous planets, uh, of other planets, but um, you know you've actually stood on somewhere other than the Earth, explored it. This isn't just Lord Redgrave and, and his wife. This is a, a group of people, all with completely unimpeachable reputations. So the flat Earthers really eventually just sort of fall apart and retreat. They can't face up to the uh, the facts uh, laid against them. Uh, Lord Redgrave uh, is very much painting Reverend Green as a, as a misguided, uh, noble and honourable man, but somebody who unfortunately put everyone on the mission at risk uh, because of his delusional attitudes. Um, great, great plaudits towards uh, Dr Crowther, who um, only, only in a futile death has he somehow managed to redeem himself <laughs> and, um, and actually achieve the level that you might have hoped for earlier. That's very in keeping with Edwardian society, I think. The amount of stuff you've managed to bring back, not as great as was hoped. While you were down in the lower area, Lady Redgrave managed to get photographs of an incredible map. There was a, a room with maps on the wall showing Mars, quite clearly Mars, but with large oceans and uh, what looked to be Ganymede, they reckon, according to Lord Redgrave, because he and his wife had been to Ganymede. And it looked as if there was, it was on a sort of a door, a movable section of wall. But although they could find what they reckon was the trigger mechanism to unlock it, unfortunately they couldn't find a way through. But they've got the photographs from that. They've managed to pick up some tokens, some artefacts, little bits and pieces. And the, the real uh, gem here, uh, the, the two gems, in fact, are the perfectly intact porcelain water jugs from the moon. Uh, the only examples... Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> they're absolutely priceless. Lord Redgrave, of course, donates them to... And they're mine. Moon. You thieving... Nothing. <laughs> Are you just going to end up a penniless bitter drunk? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what's going to happen? Is this in the game or what? Sorry. I, I thought we, have we gone out again? <laughs> Yeah, I'm worried about you, Nick. You just <laughs> this this authoring lark. It's clearly uh, it's not going to work. Um, although actually, you've got people to pay money for books that you haven't even published yet, which I think is amazing. I know. It's ridiculous, <laughs> but still, that's it. So essentially, yes, it's it's been a a success, not as successful as Lord Redgrave had hoped, but you've set the scene for future expeditions, which hopefully will be more thoroughly checked for stowaways. Yes. It wasn't like that was my job on the whole mission. 
Yeah. Can we? Were we right in our supposition of society of what happened to the Moon Society, or we or do we not know? Well, there's been more time for other people to look at the evidence and to discuss it. Um, not uh, not least Gutteridge and Ips, who've got their own ideas about it. And the weight of opinion is that it's probably not the atmosphere that was the issue, it's water. Right. Because the only other evidence of water that's been found were in at the bottom of very deep chasms, caverns, which in fact is where the residual atmosphere still is on the moon. So okay. yes, the atmosphere has retreated, but they reckon the water's retreated. And it seems likely that uh, based on Lady Valentine's assessment of the, the very large chain, that uh, on, a, on a sort of a metal-poor planet with very little resources to repair that, they, it essentially reached the point where it failed, and that was their only method for getting of water. Getting water. For the sake of one link uh, in the entire civilization. Because, well, you found all this... For the want there, of a horse, the battle was lost. God knows what they did on with the horse. They're not known for climbing down lift <laughs> shafts particularly, but... You know, another of, another of the lieutenant's theories is polite. We listen to and then move on. <laughs> uh, if only they'd had a horse. Very good, lieutenant. <laughs> um, yes, it looks. Think like... you'll find I was being very literary and clever. <laughs> it, it looks like a lack of water probably did it in for the society. But you know, a future expedition could probably confirm that. They know exactly what they're dealing with now. But we had the basic idea, right, that their resources ran out. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, and you we all, of course, have back. many suggestions as to how they can improve all their various uh, suits and equipment. And... Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you two, yeah. basically, you, you can be on the lecture circuit for years. Hooray! We're it's rich. Like, like Vroom Fondle and Magic Thighs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Forty-two. <laughs> uh, wonderful. That's brilliant. Thank you very much, and I survived. Well, you half survived. <laughs> One of my NPCs survived. If that's what you mean. <laughs> One of, I successfully guided your NPC. Yeah, you chaperoned one of my characters. <laughs> oh, that was great. That's no, a great, great setting. Game. It's really it's atmospheric. About the doctor. No, it was, I enjoyed um, suffocating. <laughs> like a fish out of a river. Well, it was nice to get a bit of drama. The, um, I had a look at the, the way it's set up, and... It sort of leans you towards having the bit with the pyramid first, because it can be a bit anticlimactic, and it kind of is. You're just exploring a pyramid. No, but I thought, but I, thought I'd ri- I thought I'd risk it and have it there as kind of hanging over you. Do you just run away and try to get to work? Well, that's how it, you yeah. get a bit of drama <laughs> into the pyramid exclamation, explanation, yeah, exploration. Go, well, do we complete our mission of exploration, or do we just go while well, we're alive and let's get yeah. back to Earth? Yeah. yeah, it was nice but to have a bit of a ticking clock uh, behind that. Thought I'd tri- uh, see how that went. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Yes, that's, uh, well, that's more forgotten futures in the. Quite good. Uh, yeah, I, it's very rules light, but it's yeah. uh, it doesn't intrude and it works. Yeah, and, fact, yeah. I don't. I don't run. A, I mean, I've made a few more roles in this than in most games I run. I don't tend to run a lot of roles. Just um, I'll very often, if you're able to do something, I just I'm just looking at your stats and say, well, actually, yeah, they do. Yeah. Do that. But your stats actually cover stuff that you will actually do, as opposed to, you know... Yeah. Yes. They're, they're as, as nicely as a... broad. I mean, for one thing, with something like Scientist, you're at the point 
in history where scientists it's just starting you to could almost know everything but you do know uh, everything because as a 19th the, century person you didn't just study one science didn't they say at the beginning of the uh, 20th century that oh the physics is pretty much done now we just got, just got to yeah. iron out this yeah. this slight um, quantum problem and yeah, <laughs> it'll be fine yeah, we're getting to the point where scientific knowledge was wide enough that you you had specialists yeah. Um, before that, yes, you'd have people who naturally specialised in something, but you were just, you know, scientists. You, you a gentleman scientist, you, can, to a large you knew everything. So, you know. Yeah, and or ran an the state, you know. So <laughs> it, it's it's reaching the point where you look at a game like GURPS and everything's a speciality and everything's a subskill, and you've got some crossover. That doesn't suit the flavour of this setting particularly. Yeah. You want something no. where you can say, yes, I'm a scientist. Well, I mostly do chemistry, but actually I can do a bit of uh, natural history as well. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I think it's... suits the, the, the stories quite a lot better. And from the point of view of playing a character, it avoids some of that frustration of, yes. you know, well, I'm a scientist. Wouldn't I have read that? Shouldn't I know that? Yeah, Wouldn't that be helpful? Yeah. Have we got to have a chemical issue every single time for me to be yes. of any... Yes, why do I only know biology? I don't know about blowing things up. <laughs> yes, yeah. But, I, it's a really and it's a really evocative setting as well. It's kind of a a, a nice um, steam. Well, not quite steampunk. It's, it's really just Victorian. Yes, yeah, so you can see it ending up a steampunk society. But yeah, well, the yeah. thing about steampunk is, of course, it, it's a it's a sort of retrofitted aesthetic, and it's yeah. it's not the way a society could ever evolve. Well, the because other what thing we're I doing find... is taking a kind of we're looking at sort of modern ideas and putting. Victorian technology onto them, or Victorian yes. ideas of technology, and this is somebody in the Edwardian period, you know, a, a Victorian writing in the Edwardian period, if you like, looking forward and thinking, what is advanced science? What could happen? And that's a really, it might be a subtle distinction, but it makes a huge difference. No, it, it's like, what I mean, steampunk is effectively a fantasy setting. In fact, to the point where it often has orcs and elves and goblins and that included in steampunk. Well, which, yeah, some of it has, yeah. It's more which, Jules Verne uh, than. Steampunk, really. Yes, yeah. It can absolutely be H.G. Wells and Jules Verne because, apart from the fact they're in copyright, which is why it's not, that's the only reason there isn't a forgotten future setting for those because they're in copyright. Um, are they, because is that because they're British and European authors rather Yeah, why are they still in copyright? No, it's, I mean, it's like the, the situation with um, the Edgar Rice Burroughs estate, they, they've been instrumental in extending copyright. Because um, every, every right. time it tries, it's about to go out, they, they're desperately lobbying the government. Because it's I a huge source of money. Our book this month for Book Club is Jules Verne. And I was oh, going to get it right, on yes. Kindle. And I thought, oh, I'll get the free version because it's been around forever. It'll be free. Yeah. Yeah. It also depends free. when they've died. Uh, yeah. Uh, because you, you get, I mean, Griffiths didn't actually live uh, a very long life, particularly. I think he was only in his 40s when he died. Uh, whereas uh, H.G. Wells actually died, when was it? Right about the Second World War? Yeah. It was it's later than yes. you expect. So well, d- fact... Things to Come was in the 30s, wasn't it? He did, he was yeah, was that 36, something like that? Yeah. Uh, wasn't he something of a, not quite a fan of Hitler, but of eugenics or some slightly, something yeah. that later became heavily discredited? And it's a bit unfair well, to judge him by that. Yeah, but well, the, he, thing, the thing with eugenics, I mean, Certainly people like um, Huxley and so on, everybody was into it. It was very fashionable. And it seemed like a perfectly valid theory at the time. But it's one of those things that, to a lot of people, the way they were looking at it might have seemed terribly patronising and perhaps a little bit harsh when we look at it. 
but it wasn't the same as, say, Hitler was thinking. Yes, it wasn't you quite know, the same to give social there, Darwinism. There are elements was... of it. And if you consider that you're dealing with a society that's naturally stratified anyway, you know, yes, servants yeah. are not going to just sit down at dinner with, with polite society. That's absurd. So obviously there are different sorts of people. Yes, yeah. So it, it makes far more sense and seems a lot less abhorrent. It actually seems like an extension of how things just are if you look around you. Well, yeah, so I, I think, think despite those, he was quite a liberal chap, Wells, wasn't he? He was, just, yeah, he was a man of his yeah. time. Yeah, funnily enough, if you look at quite a few of the science fiction authors, not all of them by any means, but a lot of them were dealing with um, utopian futures. Uh, I mean, Kipling uh, as well, strangely enough, but uh, Wells certainly... You read a lot of his stuff, and it's very, very socially liberal. That said, Brave New World is quite forward-thinking, and that was written in the 30s, wasn't it? That was Huxley. Mm. Uh, funnily enough, it's one I've not read. Um, I, I, I'm a bit worried, because I read it years ago, and I was I told it was a horrible dystopian future, and I read it and thought, oh, sounds all right, what's wrong with that? Ah, so <laughs> you're thinking you're a bad person. <laughs> it worries me that it's it's I not quite like a dystopia it. in the sense of 1984. No, it's not a dystopia in that way, but it's not a utopia. It's sort of eugenics, and people are bred yeah, to do their job, is. and they're happy, yeah. and, and they're kept, happy in their job kept doped up with sex and drugs, and, they, and I kind of thought, yeah. oh, sounds all right. But <laughs> perhaps, perhaps I read it at an impressionable age. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so actually, yeah. the, the guy in it who, who comes from the, the savage, savage, yeah, and points out all the problems with it. You're going, well, he's just a bit of a moaner, really. <laughs> he is a moaner, and he's incredibly unhappy, and doesn't yes, he? I think he kills sake, himself just, at yeah. the end. You go, yes, oh, just yeah. just yeah. settle down and fit in. I can't help but feel I missed the point of Brave New World. <laughs> hey, the time machine was on this afternoon. We unfortunately, only saw a few minutes of it, but the Rod Taylor version, which I always Oh, that's a great film. All of a sudden, H.G. Wells uh, is Australian. I never really. <laughs> it was almost like he was played by Eunuch. It was incredible. Um, <laughs> he wasn't a Eunuch. I'm, I'm sure Rod, Rod, uh, it wasn't a Eunuch. Rod Stewart? Not Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart well, definitely wasn't a Eunuch. <laughs> Rod Taylor, <laughs> who was in The Birds and Bearcats and things like that. He's my hero. The Birds, now that is a good film. Try and catch Bearcats if you can, it was brilliant. Bearcats? I've seen a few Sphinxes in my time, but Bearcats I... Bearcats uh... was a TV series about two guys. It was sort of a Western. They were kind of troubleshooters in the Old West, except it was the very end of the Old West, so they were actually driving around in a Stutz Bearcat sports car. Right, so almost the new West. Yeah, but no one else really had vehicles like that particularly. You know, they were sort of still dealing with a, a kind of frontier situation, but it's at the end of it, it's that crossover. So it's a little bit like they had Knight Rider with them, because, you know, no, no one else had got anything like this. It, was, it only ran for one series, I think, and I watched it when I was a kid, and almost no one I've spoken to ever heard of it. No, never, no. Shame. You're speaking to another two people who've never heard of it. <sighs> Oh, I, I had a model kit of a Stutz Bearcat when I was a kid. I loved it. It's a really nice car. I don't, I don't know if Rod Stewart was in many TV series. Uh, no, just that Kenny Everett show. No. He was good in that. He was. He was. Very cheeky. Yeah, he did have an inflated part, though. <laughs> but yes, anyway, um, H.G. Wells aside... Uh, that's uh, basically Forgotten Futures, which I certainly want to carry on with bits and pieces. Might have a break for something else, but there are a few more adventures that we could use the ongoing well, definitely, characters yeah, definitely for. Like the question to there... Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Nick, you probably want to bring in a character of your own. Or at least adapt him. 
Yeah, I'm playing that as, as somewhat. Um, I'm afraid unimaginatively sort of two-dimensional Dungeon Jaw character, but I do. I obviously. Yeah, to be honest, playing to playing to my own character really, so I don't have to put too much effort in. Um, but uh... <laughs> what mindlessly heroic and yet not too bright? Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, I, I wouldn't emphasise the not too bright part, but uh, otherwise, <laughs> you pretty bang on the emphasize. monkey. And um, uh, it, Mind of Three, Soul of Two is basically it. <laughs> um, I might stop the recording at that point. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I can then swear at you. Um, but thanks for listening, everyone who listened. That that was a forgotten future campaign. For those who campaign. don't listen and just have this on while you're doing the dishes, just tune into the radio or something. <laughs> Rewind it and listen to the good bits. What about that bit with a crocodile? Wow. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Goodbye, <Bye>. everyone. <laughs> good night. The residents of Watson Hall would like to express our gratitude towards noted troubadour, Professor Elemental, who has so generously allowed us to use his music as part of our presentation today. Those not averse to engaging with infernal devices may wish to direct their Babbage engines to examine www.com. ProfessorElemental.com for further information and musical fancies delivered directly to your preferred phonographic apparatus. <laughs> Bless my soul, what a wonderful age we do live in. <laughs> <laughs>